With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. If you're a smoker or dipper looking to make a change, you really only need one reason to do it. But with Zen Nicotine Pouches, you can find many. Zen is America's number one nicotine pouch. It's made with only six simple ingredients. Plus, Zen is the only nicotine pouch with a 10-day hassle-free trial. There are lots of options when it comes to nicotine satisfaction, but there's only one Zen. Find your Zen online or in a store near you at zen.com find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, thanks for listening to the Ben Maller Show podcast. It's me, Ben. Be sure to catch us live every weeknight from 2 to 6 Eastern, 11 p.m. to 3 a.m. Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio. You can find your local station for the Ben Maller Show over at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every night on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. What's going on, everybody? A smorgasbord of ball. Oh, my gosh. What a great day. Week 16. I don't think four hours is going to be enough. I'm going to have to go two-minute drill to get through all this stuff. I want to start broad, and then I'll get a little bit more micro, if you will. You hear about the parody in the NFL, and you might roll your eyes. You're like, oh, parody. I always hear about parody. Do you realize how awesome parody is for the NFL and in turn you as a fan? Look at all these Week 16 games. Think about this Saints win over the Steelers. The Saints were in an absolute dogfight against a team that's probably going to miss the playoffs. Look at the Colts. Colts could be a playoff team. Colts might win the division. If things shake out in their favor, if they beat the Titans next week, the Texans lose, they could win their division. They're in a dogfight against a team that has five wins in the New York Giants. Like That is what makes the NFL so great. 
look, I love the NBA. Love it. But the NBA's layout right now sucks compared to the NFL's. I'll tell you this, as an NFL junkie, I don't want any part of a carbon copy with what the NBA has going on right now, where the Warriors are just towering over everybody. You know, barring injury, who's going to win a championship. That's not fun. You don't have anywhere close to the equivalent in the NBA as you do in the NFL, where week 16 you have all these playoff implications just left and right, littered all over the place. It makes it exciting. And a couple other things to throw out there. Since the 12-team playoff format began in 1990, in every season there have been at least four new playoff teams. Like the teams that didn't make the playoffs the year prior, there have been at least four new teams the next season. And you've got four teams already in the Bears, the Chargers, the Cowboys, and the Seahawks. All those teams were non-playoff teams last season. They're playoff teams this year. And you might get on top of that the Ravens, the Texans, and also the Colts. So you've got all of this going on. That's exciting. Take it a step further. Look at the Bears specifically. They clinched the NFC North. In 15 of the past 16 seasons, at least one team has finished in first place in its division the season after finishing in last or tied for last place. Think about that as a fan heading into a season. You have realistic hope. One of my good friends at home, Guy Jay, went to high school with him, loves the Bears. And he's drunk on Bears love, and he's like, oh, they've got a chance, and Khalil Mack, and I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Mitch kind of sucks. Like, <laughs> Let's tone it down here, Bears lover. Lo and behold, they got a shot in the NFC playoffs, the way they play defense. They were a last place team last season. They're winning the division comfortably in the NFC North. That's exciting as a fan. And just at the end of a season, when you have all of these different scenarios, look at the Seahawks beating the Chiefs tonight. Chiefs might end up being the one seed in the AFC. They should, as long as they don't stub their toe at home against the Raiders in Week 17. They're going to be the one seed in the AFC. They just lost to the Seahawks, who are going to be a wild card team. That, that's the NFL. That's what makes it so great. So don't roll your eyes at parody. Maybe you roll your eyes at the conversations and how you hear about it all the time. And you're like, all right, yeah, yeah, we get it, yeah. But really, don't overlook how valuable it is for the NFL because it makes it tick. I'm Brian No, in for Big Ben. Coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Something else that stands out. These quarterback dual games, you know, where the duels are going on. You had Big Ben against Drew Brees. That was wildly entertaining. You look at Patrick Mahomes against Russell Wilson, the nightcap Sunday night football. That was off the charts. You see Patrick Mahomes, the little sidearm. I can't believe they didn't talk about baseball tonight. They always talk about baseball. I was just waiting when Patrick Mahomes threw the touchdown pass sidearm to Sharkandrick West. I was waiting for Collinsworth to be like, well, there's the baseball stuff where he's shortstop and that's kind of throw you. I was waiting for it. I didn't get it. (laughs) I didn't know how to feel about that. Maybe they feel like they 
drag that out a little bit too much, but that was an awesome throw. The rain-making throw, Russell Wilson toward the end of the game to Tyler Lockett, was a thing of beauty. And what stands out with these quarterbacks going back and forth, I dislike some of the roughing the passer penalties, but this is why it's there. And it makes it a little bit more tolerable when you know why it's there. I don't want to see what we saw on Saturday night when it was Blaine Gabbert going up against Josh Johnson. <laughs> like I, I don't want to see that. I want to see the Chiefs backup versus the Seahawks backup. I want to see Mahomes and Russell Wilson. There were a couple of calls in this Texans-Eagles game that drive you crazy in the moment. Brandon Graham, like, lightly caressed Deshaun Watson down to the ground. Personal foul. And you lose your mind in that moment. Jadeveon Clowney, he used his helmet and he speared Nick Foles right in his chest. It's still football, you know? Not too long ago, that's totally fine. So in the moment, I'm like, oh my gosh, again with these rules. Then you tone down the emotion, you take a step back, and you're like, would you rather have greater odds and a better chance of seeing Big Ben against Drew Brees? Mahomes versus Russell Wilson? Yeah, yeah, I'd like to see a better chance of seeing that type of quarterback play instead of the odds being less in favor of these quarterbacks remaining upright. So at least I can take it a little bit easier with some of these atrocious calls in an effort to keep these guys upright. And it benefits the league. You can dislike it, but you can absolutely not overlook the benefits of doing that. Now I gotta come clean. I've been the guy that has gone on record numerous times referring to Eagles quarterback Nick Foles as Nick Fools. And this dude just keeps balling. My goodness, what he did against the Houston Texans. I I can't say anything bad about it. It was an awesome performance. I'm not going to take credit away from the guy or shortchange him. He throws for 471 yards and four touchdowns. Leads the game-winning drive when they needed it most. He got speared by Cloudy. He comes back. They're chanting his name over there. It's like Hollywood stuff. It's unbelievable what he's doing. So I take nothing away. The 83-yard bomb to Nelson Aguilar, it was a great performance. Came up big again. And it's amazing. They talked a little bit about it on Sunday Night Football. It's amazing that Nick Foles thought about hanging him up. Thought about retiring before any of this stuff happened. Coming in for, for Carson Wentz, leading the Eagles to a Super Bowl this year. The improbable win against the Rams, what he did today against the Texans. like It's awesome. It's a great story. I still don't think he's a true franchise quarterback. That's why I refer to him as Nick Foles, or, or Nick Fools, rather. I think he's fooling people into thinking he's that guy going forward. I don't think he is. I think he's great in short stints. But you give him the keys to the the Jaguars automobile or the Dolphins automobile, whoever. I'd say, yes. I think that uh, that unfolds pretty quickly. But for this, what he's doing today, what he did last week, what he did last season in the playoffs, it's amazing. And I can't hate on that. 
If I look to the future, I still have my questions, but what he did today was remarkable, and I love this twist. How about the Patriots sending out a tweet, and it says, We never thought we'd say this in 2018, but thanks, Nick Foles. Hashtag Saint Nick. Yeah, so Nick Foles does his his job. Eagles beat the Texans. It helps out the Patriots. Patriots move from the three seed to the two seed. And all these people that are like, oh, the Patriots are done. It's over. They're in line for a bye again. How often have you heard that? Well, they haven't gone on the road and they haven't, you know, they've always had a bye since 09. Well, it looks like they're going to have another one. So there's that. Like, here's the deal. You want to be late to this party, okay? With the Patriots, it's over and done with. You want to be late to that party because there have been a lot of people that have been inappropriately early at that party, pronouncing them dead on arrival, and they keep coming back, and they're still in a position to do major damage. And the trap that so many people are falling into They're comparing the Patriots now to the Patriots of yesteryear. Two, three years ago, what have you. And yeah, they were better, but guess what? The Patriots now are not playing against the Patriots then in the playoffs. They're playing against everybody else in the AFC. So it's not just about you disliking the Patriots and some of the holes that are obviously on that roster. you got to love the other teams that are going to meet them in the playoffs. Who do you love in the AFC? Who are you putting your mortgage on if you're prone to bet? Who is it? Is it the Chiefs and their trash defense? Is it the Texans who give up sacks left and right? Is it the Ravens with the rookie quarterback and Lamar Jackson who they clearly have the handcuffs on in terms of the passing game? Who do you love? Look at the Chargers. Chargers looked great in stints. They didn't gain 200 yards against the Ravens. On Saturday night. So if you don't love anybody else in the AFC, you might want to tone it down when it comes to the Patriots have no chance whatsoever. You might look like an idiot here in a few weeks. (laughs) I'm just telling you. All right, someone who doesn't look like an idiot ever. My guy, Eddie Garcia, is with us this evening. I'm very happy to welcome him in here. Eddie Garcia, uh, I thought of you because of your Steelers, man. How are you doing today, buddy? I'm doing okay. I'm I'm battling a little bit of a of a something flu. Cold, really, I don't know. And I was doing a lot of yelling on Saturday at the Chargers <laughs> Ravens game, as I was a pretty big Chargers fan on that night. Didn't really work out, but it was it was a fun game uh, to be at. Good atmosphere there uh, at the Stub Hub Center. Probably the best atmosphere I've seen so far in the Chargers short time there. Uh, in Los Angeles, but uh, yeah, you know, the Steelers, uh, as Mike Tomlin said, they've made their bed, now they've got to lie in it. Uh, you know, they, they I think they're probably a, a better team, a more talented team than the Colts and, and the, the Texans, but it doesn't matter. You lose to the Raiders, you know, you can't complain very much, but you do see the, the talent they the have, Raiders. you see the talent they have when they go into New Orleans and you know, yeah. battle maybe, maybe the best team in the NFL uh, and give them all they can handle. But uh, as a Steelers fan, I just you know I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to be too bitter because they they are where they deserve to be. Unfortunately, yeah, so. they are, man. It's crazy because 
They're one of the most talented teams. This isn't yep. being prisoner of the moment. They're one of the most talented teams in the history of the NFL to not make the playoffs. I don't disagree with you. It's insane, man. That That's where they're at. I think that it's strange. They did like their Browns impression this season or something in terms of being dysfunctional. It was like role reversal with the Browns and the Steelers because the Steelers, I think, have been the most dysfunctional franchise in pro football this year. With everything that was said about Le'Veon Bell's contract situation and Big Ben throwing some of his teammates under the bus and so on and so forth. Antonio Brown's like personally challenging members of the media. It's just crazy. Like if you Mike like, Tomlin is not a disciplinarian. There's no doubt about if that. If you like a soap opera and, by the way, really crazy, wild, entertaining games with no rooting interest, you should <laughs> yeah. have watched the Steelers this year. Oh, because yeah. so many games came down to the wire, good and bad. Uh, just as you mentioned, all the stuff going on off the field. Uh, if you're a reporter in Pittsburgh, you had plenty of material this season oh, to gosh. write about. And it's not it's not technically over yet. Maybe uh, right. your Cleveland Browns can do something uh, in the final <laughs> week. But uh, It's possible, right? It's the not, Ravens host the Browns? So. It's unlikely, but it is possible. It is possible. We got to talk about these Browns a little bit later in the program, eh, just, Eddie Garcia. Uh, way, way later. That's way later? Me. Way later. Yeah, I, I'm torn, man. I don't want to let the entire cat out of the bag, but we went back and forth. And I think you questioned my general intelligence when I said the Browns would be a playoff team within the next five years. So they have four more years after this one, obviously not making yeah. it this season. I'm sh- I don't know who they're going to hire as their head coach. They'll screw it up. But I'm not a Baker Mayfield guy. I'm not a well, Baker Mayfield guy, but I'm still in on the Browns making the playoffs in one of the next four seasons. I you, think you it's have you have reason to be encouraged, but I'm still I'm still banking on them doing something really stupid with their coaching hire <laughs> and taking a big step backwards and then firing another coach and on and on and on. That's what they do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're on the right track. It but, seems like it. Yes. Yeah. It's. Uh, it wouldn't be the shocker of all shockers if what you're saying turns out to be true with the Browns going forward. By the way, the greatest sign I saw all season was today in the Browns Bengals game. I'm going to tweet it out. It was a <laughs> it was a poop emoji with Hugh Jackson's face on it, and it said Hugh stink. <laughs> really, that's where they went. Huh? Oh my god, hilarious. Did you see? Yes. <laughs> Did you see drunk Santa at the Seahawks game? Yes. Oh, that was I great. Say, I see Baker Mayfield staring down Hugh Jackson, but no, I did see drunk Santa lifting up his beard to yes. take some Budweiser. Yep, lifted up the beard, he's knocked busy, back the alcohol. He's got a busy day coming up. He's just blowing off a little steam. <laughs> I thought that was great. Of all cutaways, yeah. they're like, let's no, show Santa good. over here. Yeah, it's good. the holiday season. He's like, all right, let me get some booze in, in here. Yeah. Holiday, a little it holiday great. cheer. <laughs> That's absolutely right. All right, 877-99 on Fox is your phone number. Feel free to check in early and often. You can hit me up on Twitter, at The No Show, N-O-E Show. Coming up next from the Geico Studios, the fine line between being a competitor and an a-hole. I'm Brian No in for Big Ben. This is Fox Sports Radio. Research has shown you get even more out of the Ben Maller Show when you follow along on Twitter. It's the playground for our P1s. I'm sure they're active tonight. You can message the voices in the night and follow the man in for Ben Maller. That would be Brian No. He is at The No Show. 
And you can tweet at and follow me, Eddie Garcia, the humble sidekick here on the show. I'm at Eddie on Fox. Hey, Amanda, what's <laughs> up? I really wish that would go away. And now live from the <laughs> Fox Sports Radio studios, the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, in for Ben Maller, it's Brian No. Thank you, Eddie. What's the over-under on negative tweets you're going to get about me this evening? Now, it is Christmas Eve. Oh, that puts so, no factor that, into it at all. <laughs> does that no. dwindle it a little Not bit? Or no, it's still the same quote. Not at all, no. Yeah. I was uh, doing only, more so, not the holiday season, more so like if they're off of work. You know, that's yeah. what I was going with. I'm going to say over under a number of negative tweets would be 12. <laughs> I'm going to say 12. That's not terrible. That's about right, yeah. Yeah. You're, you're going okay. over or under, Roberto? Uh, I'll, I'll go under. Oh, really? Yeah. Right. yeah. Wow. That, no, what that's about positive, you? right? I'm definitely taking the over. Yeah. They seem to hit you up more than anybody else on the show. Oh, yeah. They'll hit you up and be like, Eddie, what's up with this? Huh? Oh, yeah. Who gave this the green light? It is kind of funny because they know it's coming. <laughs> we've, we've told them, you know, ben, right. ben is going to be off until the new year. Uh, <laughs> this is not a surprise, but okay. I, they, you know, Twitter, you know, Twitter. Twitter's Twitter. Oh, gosh. Twitter is <laughs> the like smartest people are on n- Twitter. <laughs> It's a filthy playground, you know? Like you have to shower twice after going on the jungle gym over there. That's Twitter. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah. But, you know, it's a great vehicle for the show. All right, let's go out to the phones here. Ozzy is in Connecticut. Wanted to talk about Mike Tomlin. What's up, Ozzy? How you doing, man? Hey, what's up? It's Avi, A-V-I. Oh, Avi. All right. Yeah, yeah. What's up, bud? How you doing? Awesome. Okay, so I wanted to say that when... They said on TV today that Mike Tomlin was asked in a production meeting on Saturday, I don't know by who, if he had full confidence in Chris Boswell, if he had to send them out there for a big kick at the end of the game. Uh And instead of of saying yes or something along those lines and being politically correct and and right at the same time, which usually doesn't go hand in hand, he didn't say that. He should have just said, I have confidence in all of my players, otherwise they wouldn't be on the roster and give his confidence like that. But since he's a stupid coach and always blows it at the end of the game, he failed to do that. He is the most underperforming coach with the best roster year after year and always blows it in the playoffs. I used to be a fan, and I, I just can't root for them until they, until they fire him. He's just such an underperformer, and I can't stand watching them waste Ben's years like that and just get rid of him before Ben retires. Well, you might get your wish, Avi. I appreciate you checking in, man. No, he's not. He's on he's on a hot seat. You think he's going to be there for sure? I absolutely think he'll be back next year. Yeah. Absolutely. There's a there's like little subtle murmurs, but I agree with you. I think he's going to be back. It's just not with 100% certainty that'll be back. I'll put it that way. But I agree. Like here's the deal. If I look at Mike Tomlin, and his full tenure with the Pittsburgh Steelers, he's had a lot of success. They've won a Super Bowl. There are some really good things that he's done. I don't think that we should just be stuck in a vacuum just looking at 2018. But if you're talking about a guy who has a lot of talent, he certainly is that. And he's not a disciplinarian. And that is the the worst part of this team, is that they are allowed to do things that wouldn't fly elsewhere. There's no way the things that have gone on in Pittsburgh would go on in New England. And I understand you don't have to do Stephen everything Ridley exactly. Would be, Stephen Ridley would be cut right now if he played <laughs> right. In, if it was New England. Yeah. 
Which, which by the do... way, he was a Patriot, and they cut him yeah. for fumbling. That's right. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Go full circle that way. That's great. Yeah, he fumbled, and that was a costly fumble because they were on the outskirts of field goal range, and points could have made a big, big difference. But you don't have to do everything to a T like the Patriots do them, led by Bill Belichick. But the things that the Steelers have gotten wrong would never, ever, ever fly in Foxborough. There's no way that you would have Antonio Brown do a Facebook Live video after a playoff win like he did under Mike Tomlin. You wouldn't have a wide receiver threatening reporters like it did with Antonio Brown under Mike Tomlin. The list goes on and on and on. Can you imagine Tom Brady just calling out receivers like, eh, and my receiver, he kind of he didn't run a flat route in the end zone when I threw it to a defensive lineman against the Broncos. I'm going to th- call him out. Or my other wide receiver that didn't run through the football. It was James Washington for the Steelers. Can you imagine Tom Brady doing that? Can you imagine half the stuff? The Le'Veon Bell contract situation and the locker room's just squawking about it. Can you think of any of those things happening in Foxborough? No. And the reason why is Belichick will put a foot right up your behind. That's the way it is. And for some reason, Mike Tomlin, who is Mr. Sheriff in press conferences, turns into light, fluffy, oh, I hope they don't continue this type of rhetoric. And What? Like, how, how do these things continue to happen under his watch? It goes right back to him. And I'm not going to blame him for every loss and everything that's gone wrong with the Steelers this year. But that, what I just explained, is a huge contributing factor to a lot of their their failings this year. And what if Le'Veon Bell was there, you know? Uh, that's another sure. one. Sure. You know, <laughs> Steven really won the one that fumbled there. Crucial spot. That's exactly he right. He wouldn't even be yeah. on the team. <laughs> True. He wouldn't yeah. be. Yeah. And it goes back to it's unfortunate James Conner got banged up and he's missed the last three games. But there were a lot of fans that were way too dismissive when Le'Veon didn't show up at the deadline. They're like, who cares? We got James Conner. Yeah, and, that, that was the other thing. It was like, like, ah, like Le'Veon was just like another player. Like, oh, yeah, we're going to replace right. him. Yeah. It's, that's, the, that's the ultimate talking yourself into liking something that sucks. Oh, that, that, was, me, that was me this year when the Raiders traded Khalil Mack. I'm like, oh, right. this is not basketball. This is not basketball. We rely on one superstar. We can, we're, 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 the NFL is a team. You know, we have a, it's a, a man, it's a lot of players on the team. So we're like, this is not the NBA where you can rely on, we're going to rely on one superstar. No, I was talking, trying to talk myself out of, out of a yeah. bad situation. Of course, man. It's like if you got dumped back in the day, everybody does this where it's like, well, you know, it wouldn't have worked out. I'm probably better off. And you just talk yourself yeah, into exactly, something that yeah. isn't reality. Like that's what Steeler fans did. Most of them, when Le'Veon Bell didn't show up, it was just like, ah, who cares? No big deal. No big deal. The last three weeks, I think they could have used him quite a bit. I realized that Jalen Samuels had a great game last week, and there have been bits and pieces where I, James Connors had a great year. He's just been banged up the last three games. And to your point, Roberto, they sorely could have used him today. There's no doubt about that. Uh, I'm going to tear into Baker Mayfield here in a second, but we've got Eddie Garcia. He's going to spin us around here first. 
from the Geico Studios. Take it away, Ed. All right, let's give you all the scores from the NFL, including what the playoff scenarios are for certain teams. We start with a great Sunday night game in Seattle where the Seahawks outlast the Chiefs 38-31. Seattle, with that win, clinches an NFC wildcard spot, so the Seahawks are in the playoffs. For Kansas City, they're in, but they want to wrap up the AFC West, try and have the AFC playoffs go through Kansas City. They failed to do that with that loss. Now, they can clinch the AFC West with a win against Oakland next week. In late action, Saints over the Steelers, 31-28. New Orleans clinches the number one seed in the NFC playoffs. The road to the Super Bowl in the NFC will go through New Orleans. For Pittsburgh, they fall out of a playoff spot. Baltimore right now moves into first place in the AFC North. The Pittsburgh can still get in the playoffs. They need to beat Cincinnati next week and have Baltimore lose to Cleveland. Or if the Titans or, uh, Titans and Colts were to tie in the Sunday night game, the Steelers could get in as well. Uh, early action, Patriots win their 10th straight AFC East title, beating the Bills 24-12. And New England is now the two-seed in the NFC playoffs. We'll tell you why in a second. Cowboys wrap up the NFC East with a 27-20 win over the Buccaneers. The Vikings beat the Lions 27-9. Minnesota holding on to that final wildcard spot in the NFC. They will get into the playoffs with a win over Chicago next week. The Eagles beat the Texans 32 32- to 30. Philadelphia gets a field goal as time expires to win it and keep their playoff hopes alive. They're right now on the outside looking in. Philadelphia will get into the playoffs with a win over Washington and a Minnesota loss next week. As for Houston, they're already in, but they drop from the two to the three seed in the AFC playoffs. So right now they would not get a first round by New England would. And the Colts with a last second touchdown beat the Giants 28-27. Indianapolis moves into the final wildcard spot in the AFC They will still need a win, though, over Tennessee in the Sunday night game to get into the playoffs. Rest of the scores, Jaguars over the Dolphins, 17-7. Miami eliminated from the playoffs. Falcons over the Panthers, 24-10. Carolina officially out of the playoffs. Rams beat the Cardinals, 31-9. Bears over the 49ers, 14-9. Overtime for the Packers to beat the Jets, 44-38. And the Browns beat the Bengals, 26-18. This support brought to you by True Car. Online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Back to Brian No and the Geico Outkick the Coverage Studios. Great stuff, Eddie Garcia. Absolutely. Man, there's so much stuff to react to. It's crazy. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. So Baker Mayfield, the stare down of Hugh Jackson. He has this really good game, throws for three touchdowns, just under 300 yards. He's played very well, all things considered, as a rookie quarterback. And you know, there's no love loss from Baker's standpoint as it pertains to Hugh Jackson. So after he uh, made a nice play, he's just staring down Hugh. There's a little turn, looks back, stares him down some more. Like backpedaling, staring him down. Here's what Baker had to say about it after the game. 60-something yard pass to, to David that sealed it. The TV camera showed you kind of looking at the Bengals' sideline and backpedaling. Was that directed at you or what was going on? Oh, no idea what you're talking about. Seriously? Yeah. It's, it's kind of trending on social media. You were staring him down. That's all right. <laughs> we won. David didn't score on that play. What a jackass. I know Twitter was loving this, but there's a fine line between being a competitor and just being a flat-out a-hole. And Baker, you can file him under a-hole. <laughs> That's where he's at. I, really, this is... 
I don't know what his deal is with this vendetta against Hugh Jackson. But Hugh Jackson didn't start him right away, and he sat behind Terod Taylor. I don't know what it is. I don't know. I know that Baker Mayfield, we've seen this time and time again, where he has a giant-sized chip on his shoulder. And a lot of times that served him for good. Every now and then it's come back to bite him. You know, grabbing the crotch against the Kansas Jayhawks. Like, that that came back to bite him. There are some things that don't go in his favor. This is one of the things that doesn't go in his favor. It just makes him look small. You're staring down your former head coach that's now an assistant on the other sideline. That is the ultimate in fake tough guy. You're staring down an assistant coach. Why? Like, what do you think is going to happen? You think Hugh is going to, like, throw his headset and just come charging after Baker Mayfield throwing haymakers? It's just lame. It was the dumbest thing I've ever heard going back to the previous meeting between the Browns and Bengals when Baker Mayfield's calling out Hugh Jackson and questioning, well, hey, he he's telling us to fight for him, and then he left us real quick and went to the other locker room. Yeah, that's because he was out of a job. And now we're going to take it a step further and stare him down as you're making a play? Like, what is that? If you're behind that, I question your general intelligence. It's just idiotic. Yeah, You can laugh and be like, ah, it's kind of funny. Oh, okay, fine. But if you're just like saluting it like, man, this guy, I love him. It's Really? He's staring down his former head coach. When you think about what's actually happening, that's really dumb. I, I just can't get down with it. I think it's an absolute clown move. Defined. If you looked it up in the dictionary, you would see Baker Mayfield staring down Hugh Jackson. Clown move. Let me sneak in a call here real quickly. Uh, Dre is in Central Cali. Wants to talk about the playoffs. You go ahead, Dre. What's going on, man? I like that little skit you made about there's no telling what's going to go on in the NFL. I didn't invent this, but I heard another guy on the radio, and he said, get all your buddies together and put me eight teams before the season starts that will not make the playoffs. And I bet you not one of you will get it right. Wow. And uh, that's a good bet to make, you know. I'd say I'll double, like if someone wants to bet 50 bucks, I'll bet them 100 bucks. They could put eight teams and it's real hard to do. There's a turnover in the NFL, and uh, I think that's good myself. Oh, I do too. I love it. I think it's the biggest strength of the NFL. Did you do it for this year? Did you try to pick those eight teams? You know what? Uh, I would be lying to you if I said yes. No, I did not. I, I tried to get some buddies together and ask them to do it, but they said, we'll get back to you. You know how that goes. Hey, what you were saying, <laughs> about, what you, what you were saying about Baker right now? Uh-huh. That's just a punk move, you know? I mean, it's good to play with a chip on your shoulder, but don't be such a punk about it. I agree with you 100%, And uh, but I'm glad for the Cleveland fans that they're doing better this year. Thanks. Yeah, I hear you, Dre, absolutely, and thanks for checking in. It's been a long, horrible, awful, like, feces-infected road just to get back to 500 for the Browns faithful, and I take my hat off to them. They've remained faithful through all of this. That's a true fan. So, yeah, partially I'm I'm really happy for them. But the fans that 
we'll get into Baker Mayfield and how he projects to the future a little bit later, but the fans that are mistaking this 7-7-1 seven, seven record for like 15-1, it's like, you guys are 500. Let's not forget that. And I realize you've been so starved for success for so long that you might just overlook anything that Baker does that isn't quite smart. But you shouldn't... There's a difference between overlooking dumb behavior and applauding dumb behavior. And just because it's been such a long, horrid road to just get to 500, it goes way beyond overlooking dumb behavior, and they are just standing ovation. Whatever, Baker, whatever. Hey, if you would have grabbed your crotch while staring down Hugh Jack, that would have been cool too, man. Whatever. All goes. It's all good. It's just insane what's happening over there. But hey, let them have their moment in the sun. Getting to seven, seven, and one—that's cool for them. I just—I can't sign off on something that's a punk move. I can't do it. All right, your phone calls always welcome. Eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox, also on Twitter at the No Show N O E Show. Can reach me there anytime you'd want. We'll get to the calls coming up. Also up next, I've got major beef with the Houston Texans for one specific reason. I'm Brian Nope, in for Big Ben. This is Fox Sports Radio. You have to multitask to navigate through life, so make sure to like the Ben Maller Show in the cyber world. Join our Facebook radio family. It's the Maller Militia's springboard on the social network. Go to facebook.com slash Ben Maller Show. You can submit jokes, questions for Ask Ben, and more, which we will read at some point next year, I guess. And now live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio <laughs> Studios, in for Brian No. I'm sorry, in for Ben Maller. It's Brian No. <laughs> <laughs> You're loopy on eggnog. By the way, Eddie oh, I, Garcia, did have a, I, I tried, did have my first shot of eggnog uh, on the show like two weeks ago with the crew. Like first ever in yeah, your life? Yeah, 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 yeah. All of us. We had all of us had never had it, and a listener came by and dropped off a bottle, and so we had to we had to take a shot. That's funny because yeah, I don't believe I've ever had eggnog in my entire life because it just sounds terrible. And it sounds was, like you was, would sniff it and be like, oh my gosh, that sounds that smells terrible. That you know? was my reasoning as well. And after I smelled it, because it did have alcohol in it, I guess it, it comes with and without. Uh, I, I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to like this. But it was it was okay. Yeah. It was all right. I loved it. I, I thought it was like uh, it was like liquid icing is how I'd, ex- <laughs> oh. I'd describe it. Yeah, I thought it was great. <laughs> I can't remember ever having it before like last week myself. Did you, did yeah, you have I the leaded or unleaded? It was unleaded. Oh, Okay, and I thought it was great. What was yours leaded with? I think rum, Roberto. Uh, no, it was. Uh, was it a? Uh, Jeez, ah, whiskey. <laughs> Might have been whiskey. Yeah, uh, some sort Could've of been. liqueur. Yeah, 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 yeah. Might have been what uh, drunk Santa at the Seahawks game was Could've drinking. Been, yeah. You know, might have been. been that. I don't know. Most of our listeners um, right now, what they're drinking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there you go. So I wanted to say something about the Texans real quickly. And it applies to every team as we get closer to the NFL playoffs. The Texans were facing a loss. And the Eagles had a couple of seconds left. They're trying a 35-yard field goal to win the game. I don't know why the Texans aren't jumping over the center in an effort to block the kick. Why the hell not? Seriously. You realize how easy it is to just jump over the long snapper? 
he's like he's bent over the football. Like you don't it's not a high hurdles over here. You gotta jump over a guy who's like half his normal size, like three quarters of his normal size while he's hiking the football. Jump over that guy and try to block the kick. That's the best way to do it. Like think how many athletic players that the Houston Texans have that could do that. I would put the odds at I'll put him at plus two hundred that Demarius Thomas with his torn Achilles could do it. But seriously, Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins, you've got the Honey Badger, you got all these players that are more than athletic enough to time it out and do it. And if you mistime your jump, you make contact and it's a penalty, who cares? It's a layup. It's 35 yards. Jake Elliott's not going to miss that kick. Like, make your odds better by jumping over and trying to block it. But it's it's just dumb to me why some teams won't do it in that specific situation. Game on the line, very makeable kick. You got to just pull out all the stops. Like Eddie Garcia's Pittsburgh Steelers when they're playing the Chargers. They were offsides three times trying to scream around the edge. Not one time did they jump over the center. Why not? <laughs> like it's You've got a really good chance of blocking a kick by doing that. If Bobby Wagner is very athletic and a great player, if he can do that, he kind of cheated, but if he can do that, other teams can do it as well. Uh, Chris is in Houston. Let's go real quick. we got a minute, Chris, but what's the talk some Texans? What's going on, Chris? That's because our culture staff are idiots and they don't know how to freaking prepare for this crap. I swear, dude, if a defensive back coach is not fired by the end of this, end, by, the, by the Christmas, I'm sorry, let him, let him last till Christmas, till after Christmas, get rid of him. I mean, it's sorry. Our secondary is trash. I don't even know why Philadelphia even tried to run the ball. It's ridiculous. They, they wasted a great Deshaun Watson comeback. I mean, did you see that move? He hit the, the O button like four times. Yeah. <sighs> He's Brian. special, but you're right. Yeah, he had two touchdowns running, had all the passing yards. He was great, and it was all undone because the secondary had no answers, none, for Nick Foles. <laughs> That's tough to take, man. Even the final drive, the Honey Badger was right there, third and ten. Zacherts wide open because a teammate knocks him over. It, it was crazy, crazy. All right, coming up next from the Geico Studios. Baker Mayfield, open season. All right, I got some views on Baker Mayfield. If you're a fan of Baker Mayfield, you probably will dislike these views that I'm about to express. I'm going to start with the good. Baker Mayfield's having a good rookie season. All things considered, there's a lot to be optimistic about. He has made some some really good throws, The throw he made, I'm going to go back to last week against the Broncos in particular, where Perriman was just, there was a DB just draped all over him. It's this beautiful little post-corner route. Baker Mayfield hit him. Beautiful throw. He's made some beautiful throws throughout the season. He's a rookie. He's going to make some bad decisions through those three interceptions against the Houston Texans. But all things considered, he's shown a lot of promise and these Baker Mayfield fans or Browns fans, they're not completely out of their mind when they're optimistic about the future. With that being said, 
Here's where we get into crazy territory. I look at Baker Mayfield. This is the best way I could explain it. Baker Mayfield is like Welch's fruit snacks. I tweeted this out about a week ago and people freaked out. But I'll bring it up because it actually applies to Baker Mayfield here and now. If you're starving for a meal, you are so hungry. If somebody hands you some Welch's fruit snacks, which are very, very good, by the way. Love Welch's fruit snacks. If they hand that to you, you might think that's the greatest meal ever. It really isn't. It's a snack. It's a very good snack. But the reason it seems like the best meal ever, like it's a seven-course meal, is because you're absolutely starving. That's the dynamic with Browns fans and how they view Baker Mayfield. They've been starving for success for years and years, for decades, actually. You know the Browns jersey where it has all the names of the failed quarterbacks, just one after another, and scratched off, scratched off, scratched off. They've been waiting a long time for someone that looks like a true franchise quarterback. And so Baker Mayfield shows up, and all of a sudden it's, this is the greatest guy ever! He's unbelievable! Not really. You're just starving. And so the fruit snacks that you're handed, which is actually Baker Mayfield's production, you mistake it for a seven-course meal. That's the dynamic that's going on with Baker Mayfield right now. If you look at what the Browns have done, so they've won five of their last six games. That's nice. Let's look at the quality of the opponents and the quality of the defenses. This is the winning streak, okay? Five of the last six. We'll start with the Falcons. How are the Falcons doing? They killing it? How's their defense? Bad and bad. Bengals, beat them. Oh, they faced a decent defense in the Texans. Oh, what do you know? They lost 29-13. to Back to the three games that they've won the last three weeks. Beat the Panthers. How are they doing? Oh, they were in the middle of a long winning streak at the time. Oh, they beat the Bengals again. And that was after last week's win at the Broncos. How are the Broncos doing? So, okay, five out of six wins. They beat the Bengals twice, the Falcons, the Broncos, and the Panthers. Big deal. <laughs> okay, like that's the truth of it. When it comes to Baker Mayfield, it is a UCF run of playing these below-mediocre teams, and people just freak out as if they're crushing a who's who, some of the best teams the league has to offer. They aren't. Now, listen very closely before I go to the phones here and let you guys chime in. Listen very closely to what I'm saying here, because this comparison can be mistaken. It's not about who I'm comparing, it's about how I'm comparing them. Let me make a simple point. If Tom Brady put up big numbers against all the teams I just rattled off, Falcons, Bengals twice, Panthers, and Broncos, Anybody losing their mind? Anybody just raving? Oh, look at Brady. He's killing it. Anybody? No. no. Nobody at all. And look, I realize Tom Brady's been around for over a decade and a half. Tom Brady's won five rings. I understand there's a big difference between Brady, his resume, and Baker Mayfield being a rookie. That's not the comparison. The point is, if you're trying to make Baker Mayfield out to being one of the who's who, like the top quarterbacks in the game. 
if you're not giving a shred of credit to Tom Brady for going up against the teams that the Browns have, why would you be convinced that Baker Mayfield is the real deal? Why? Like, you're grading on a curve and like, it's... He's a rookie. I mean, look at where the Browns were. The opponents aren't very good. And you can sell me on they can only play who's in front of them. And again, that's UCF thinking. That's UCF logic. If you separate the emotion, if you're objective, you would look at it and say, hey, it's really nice that they've won five out of six games. That's great. And he's shown some really positive signs. But... I gotta see him thrive against better competition to be sold. Like the, the butt should be included in there instead of, well, the Browns have been terrible, and even though these aren't the greatest opponents by a long stretch, I'm convinced <laughs> this guy's awesome. Like it's you're just hoping for it to be the case. I always say this with the Homer test. If your emotions are invested. You should try to flip the script and see if you still feel the same way. Okay? So if you're a Browns fan and you're giddy and they're 7-7-1 and they were 0-16 last year and they were terrible under Hugh Jackson, you're all excited. Okay, I get it. You're a fan. You're emotional. That's great. Let's flip it. Let's say this is Sam Darnold. Okay? You as a Browns fan, are you just going nuts with your praise of Sam Darnold? If he's doing some good individual things against the Falcons, Bengals twice, Panthers, and Broncos, no, you aren't. So if you're not doing it with the team you don't root for, you might want to think twice about doing it for a team that you do root for because you're just being a homer. That's the truth of it. With that, we'll go out to the phones. I'm Brian No in for Big Ben. Coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Okay, so Sal is in Cleveland, and it says here he disagrees, which I'm shocked. (laughs) Frankly astounded. Sal, welcome to the program, my man. How are you doing tonight? What's on your mind? I'm doing well, Ben. Uh, Excuse me, Ben. Brian, excuse me. Um, You're all right. Thank you for for having me, sir. Um, Yeah, for sure. My problem is uh, not necessarily the uh, uh, your analysis of kind of uh, Baker's play to date. I have an issue with kind of your comments about him and his actions after the game, um, uh, or not after the game, after that long pass. Um, mm-hmm. I'll admit, I, I did not personally see it, but, um, I mean, I, I believe it, and it's really kind of a description. But um, either way, I mean, they're both adults. And, you know, I feel like there may be may have been some bad blood in the locker room that we're not aware of. You know, Hugh's a big dog. You know what I mean? He can handle himself. Let Baker, you know, you know, let him talk some crap, you know. And, and then if, if uh, Cincinnati beats him you know, next year, then, you know, Hugh can talk some crap. I mean, you know, well, that's my opinion. I mean, hey, it's it's fun for what we do, and of course it's going to get a reaction. It's just unprofessional. It's unnecessary. Like, he's an assistant coach. You're staring down an assistant coach. It's a, a little bit like if Taylor Lewan, it'd be like this. You know how Josh Norman of the Washington Redskins went up to Taylor Lewan, the huge tackle for the Tennessee Titans, and, and Josh Norman went up there. He was picking a fight with him. 
you know, Taylor Lewan could knock him into next week. But he's like, I'm not going to do that. I can't just pick on someone that I'm almost twice the size of. That's just an unfair fight. Like, Baker Mayfield is picking on an assistant coach. Like, where is that going to go? <laughs> there's there's nowhere for it to go. It's just silly. I just, I don't see the sense in it at all. And some people are fully on board with it, but I, I just think it's mindless. Um... Andrea, the sports sorceress, wants to check in on Baker. You go ahead, Andrea. Welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? Good. Yeah, thanks for filling in on uh, with Ben and um, taking my call. I have a couple of unique insights about Baker Mayfield. Okay, let's hear it. Yeah, kind of lightning in a bottle, timing's everything. Uh, he's born um, April 14, 1995 in Austin, Texas, and... Oh, perfect. You're playing the music. Thank you. (laughs) Sure. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, Yeah, basically, he's an Aries, which is really high energy, very spirited, courageous. And curiously, Nick Mullins, the 49ers QB, uh, Nick's born March 21, 1995. So interesting how they're only three weeks apart. So basically, Mars is a crucial planet for an athlete. It rules energy, assertion, and aggression. And Baker has Mars in Leo, which is very ambitious and high energy and determined and competitive. And forecast-wise, Jupiter, now in Sagittarius, another fire sign, is making a harmonious aspect. So very, very high energy, increased vitality and self-confidence. So basically, he's at the right time, at the right place. And I agree with what you said, that Browns fans are really hungering for this energy, not unlike the 49ers last year, I'm in the Bay Area, and Jimmy Uh G emerged on the scene. Yeah. Yeah. Let me ask you this, Andrea. Yes. When it comes to signs and all of that for quarterbacks, which sign do you think has the best pedigree to be a successful quarterback? You know, that's an excellent question. Um, I would look to, uh, I mean, any sign can work, but I would look to Mars, which is the planet of energy, Mm -hmm. assertion, aggression. And you want Mars in a strong sign, sometimes fire signs, um, Aries, Leo, Sagittarius, Mars in Scorpio certainly is willing to go to battle. Mars in Taurus can be enduring. And you want to see how it's aspected in their chart. Uh, what house it falls in. And currently, there's the thing, Brian, you would compare and contrast it to what's happening now. So if you have a strong Mars and there's a positive forecast, it can get even stronger. Conversely, um, if you have an okay Mars and you're having a difficult planetary cycle, like, for example, um, what was it, Evan Longoria from the Giants, he had Neptune oppose Mars and he really kind of didn't do very well for the Giants. So, not only is it natally important, but you want to see what's happening currently, known as the forecast. Wow, I, it's pretty in-depth, Oh for yeah. sure, Andrea. We appreciate you laying that out for us. Yeah, I'm just curious, when's your birthday, Brian? My birthday is November 4th. Oh, an intense Scorpio. Okay, then. Definitely interested in life's deeper mysteries.
Yeah, I am. I'm definitely interested in life's deeper mysteries. Yeah, I I have been labeled as intense before, so yeah. I think that fits. Sure. Yeah, yeah. No, um, just uh, let me know your birth date. I'm happy to uh, email you your birth chart report if you'd like, and a little forecast. Uh, my holiday full moon gift to you. Well, I appreciate that. Yes, I'm 41 years old, okay. so it was November 4th, 1977. All right. And where were you born? South Bend, Indiana. South Bend, Indiana. And do you happen to know what time you were born? I do, actually. Oh. It was 9.19 p.m. I'm impressed. Very nice. Because my mom, she always, like, each each year, she'll give me a call right around that time when I was born. Oh. It's kind of our tradition. Oh, that's, that's very spiritual and special that she reaches out at that exact moment. I like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so definitely Scorpio, very intense. Um, you know, definitely determined. It's a water sign, very emotional, very passionate. And the thing about Scorpios is they're just very, um, what's the word? Just, um, magnetic and mysterious and powerful and into transformation. Jimmy G is a Scorpio and he totally transformed the 49ers. And last year, Jupiter was in Scorpio. It was a huge year for Scorpio, a lot of opportunity and basically new beginnings. So Scorpio is always interested in transformation. Um, So I I always like that kind of psychological complexity to your sign. Yeah, well, thank you for breaking it down, Andrew. We we appreciate you being on the show tonight, and it's very informative. You know, I never knew this about my sign and all that. Oh, yeah, and what's the best place to send your astrology report to? Um, just hang on okay. and I'll give you, I'll have Ryan give you my email address. Yeah, happy to do that for you. I, I really think that Scorpios really appreciate the depth of this information. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I, I'm all about depths of information over here, Andrew. It's actually my slogan, you know, depths of information. I'm all on do board it. for Yes, absolutely. Uh, By the way, we've got Eddie Garcia with us. And I'm just curious, Eddie, while we're talking about signs and everything. (laughs) That's more the tugboat uh, sound effect. I like that one. What is your sign, Eddie? I am a Libra. I am the scales. I'm balanced, I guess. That's what I like. That's what I like like to say with Ben. You know, Ben is, uh, is, uh, (laughs) what is it? He's the bull. What is the bull one? Taurus? I don't even know. I think it's Taurus. Taurus? Yeah, Ben's a Taurus. Yeah, and that is so appropriate because he is full of bull. <laughs> so I, I like, you know, I'm the, I'm the Libra. I'm trying to, trying to be the fair and balanced one on the show to try and the voice of reason, I like to say. But uh, yeah. What is your birth date? October 16th. October 16th. Okay. My mom was October 19th. So you guys are in the same neighborhood. That was my dad. Roughly. That was my dad, yeah. Oh, really? No yeah. kidding. Yeah, yeah. October oh, October was a crazy month in uh, my family. Brother's birthday, parents' anniversary, all kinds of stuff going on. So have you, like your sign, has it helped you out with your Steelers this year who are just like well, toying with your emotions? I, I would say, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a proud member of Steelers Nation and all that, but I would say I have a, my best friend growing up is also a Steelers fan, and we text each other. Uh, during the games, and he, I don't know what his sign is, but, I mean, he is that Steelers fan who everyone should be fired, everyone should be traded, 
You know, he sent me a tweet saying he's <laughs> quitting being a Steelers fan. He's like so, no. re- so reactionary and so, I mean, just always ready to jump off a cliff. And I'm completely the opposite. I'm always kind of steady and calm. And I, I get upset for sure, but I don't know. I, I look at the big picture. I look at how spoiled I've been as a Steelers fan, how, rele- yeah. how relevant they've been over my lifetime, and obviously won more Super Bowls than any other team. So, I mean, really, I... I, I get the standard, as Mike Tomlin likes to say, and it's high at, for the organization. They expect a lot, but I'm not crying right now. I'm disappointed, but I'm, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm realistic about it. You know what I mean? Which yeah, is, which absolutely. Is not, which is not good for sports talk radio. We gotta, <laughs> right? We gotta be over the top and fire this guy. This guy's a bomb, and you know all that stuff. Sure. But, you know, I got to give you a couple of funny stories coming up next, Eddie. With, um, you know me, I, I'll gamble on sports from time to time. And uh, I'm getting better about my Scorpio-like reactions to bets that don't work out. So I'm going to give you a story from a couple of weeks ago, how I, I went crazy and how there was one thing that didn't go my way tonight and I was poised. I was more You're like proud you. proud of yourself? You've grown? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm maturing over yeah. here, Eddie Garcia. I know we're up against the clock here, but I was wondering, and I don't know if you know the answer, because I'm not a sports gambler. I know Ben gives me grief because I don't want to talk sports gambling because I'm not informed about it. But that Titans last touchdown, oh. was that, I mean, did that decide anything as far as the over-under or the spread? Because oh. I, I got to imagine... Just I could in my mind I was seeing people screaming at their TVs who had a bet on that either go 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 or someone tackle him you know that just I don't know what that was but that meaningless but, so, touchdown at the yeah. end of the game against the Redskins. Funny you should mention oh, that okay. particular All play, right. Eddie Garcia, because right. I actually will cycle. I'll, I'll implement this right. into story time Good. coming up next. Yes, absolutely. Uh, that's coming up from the Geico Studios. Some gambling breakdowns. Everybody loves a good bad beat story. Come on, misery loves company, but we'll get into that coming up next. I'm Brian No in for Big Ben. This is Fox Sports Radio. Research has shown you get even more out of the Ben Maller Show when you follow along on Twitter. It's the playground for our P1s. Message the voices in the night and follow the men, the man in for Ben Maller. That would be Brian No. He is at the No Show, N-O-E. And you could tweet at and follow our technical producer. He plays all the music and most of the funny sound bites of the Ben Maller Show. His first name is Roberto. His last name is Flores. You can follow him at Raider underscore Rob 24. And there's a Mexican, Roberto. And now live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, in for Ben Maller, it's Brian No. Thank you, Eddie Garcia. So uh, I've been working on my anger management when it comes to sports bets that don't work out. I'm a work in progress. And uh, you did mention the Tennessee Titans, their last second pick six from Malcolm Butler. And uh, that did screw up. Anybody who took the under, (laughs) which would have been me, I didn't have a big bet on it, but it's one of those where you're like, hey, I'm going to win. It's all good. You know, what could happen? Four seconds left. Oh, Josh Johnson throwing an interception that is taken back for a touchdown. That that's what could happen to the under not working out. So I was upset about that. I I yelled a little bit, but not not as much as I normally do. Andy, I'm uh, Eddie. I'm getting better about that. Let me rewind. Back to the low point of the season in terms of my reaction. It was the the Chargers hosting the Broncos. And I had the 
the Chargers just winning outright because I teased it down. They were part of a teaser, and I had a couple of them. So they just needed to win, and it was a critical moment in the game where there's under two minutes to go. Phillip Rivers, they set up a screen pass on third and seven, I believe, and it wasn't there, and instead of just keeping the football, like holding on to it, letting the clock run, he throws the ball at the feet of the receiver, stops the clock. The Broncos have enough time to drive all the way down and score to win the game. And I was yelling to the point where I threw my neck out. I didn't know you could do that. But my huh. neck was so stiff for like the next week and a half. It's like if you called me, if you're like, hey, no. And I couldn't just turn my neck and look. I had to turn my whole body, like my whole torso, to look at you. That's how much of a maniac I was. But I've gotten better, Eddie. I've made strides. Today was a winning day. Is this thanks to uh, you now having a better half, you think? Well, I do. I absolutely, I can't make it awkward for the lovely Christina. You know, I, I... I want her to be interested in football, and I don't want to be screaming at the TV like a maniac, and she's just like, this is weird. I don't I don't like this. So I'm trying to get better for her, and, and also my neck and extremities. You know, that's a nice little bonus. But today, it was a winning day, so that factors in. But it could have been a great winning day if Tyreek Hill had four more receiving yards <laughs> and if Patrick Mahomes also had 41 more passing yards. And it was close at the end there because they started airing it out left and right. And the last possession of the Chiefs, they had this long return, this long kickoff return. And I'm like, no, tackle that guy. You're lessening my chances to at least hit one of the two bets. And neither of them worked out, but I didn't lose my mind at all, Eddie. I'm making strides. You're maturing. I am, before your eyes. And uh, I don't know if it's great for story time, but uh, it's probably better for my life <laughs> that I mature a little bit. You're going to drive yourself crazy. I want a mature guy. With all those. Yeah, yeah. you, you got to be able to take those losses. You're going to drive yourself crazy. It's like, I'll go to the sports bar. I've always gone to sports bars for football Sundays. And inevitably, I run into a Browns fan. We're talking like last year, two years ago, when they're not winning anything. And there's always that guy that is just living and dying with every play. And I look over and I'll be like, I actually appreciate the passion, but... You're shortening your life. Like, you're going to keel over one of these days if you're living and dying to that degree. <laughs> Especially with that franchise. You know, you, you got to be able to roll with the punches a little bit. You know what I'm saying? I do. All right, we got, we got some more Eddie Garcia. He's going to spin us around here, and I'm going to get to a team that won on Sunday. Not a work of art. They accomplished something very meaningful. First, though, Eddie Garcia. Well, let's check in on Week 16 in the NFL, and we will start with the games involving the playoff races. It's Sunday night. The Seahawks outlast the Chiefs for a 38-31 win. Seattle clinches an NFC wildcard spot with that victory. Quarterback Russell Wilson, three touchdown passes in the win. Kansas City fails to clinch the AFC West title. Patrick Mahomes, three touchdown passes in the loss. Now, KC can still clinch the AFC West with a win versus Oakland next week. In late action, it was the Saints over the Steelers, 31-28. New Orleans clinches the number one seed 
in the NFC playoffs. For Pittsburgh, despite three Ben Roethlisberger touchdown passes, they fall out of a playoff spot. Baltimore now is in first place in the AFC North. Pittsburgh can still get in, but they'll need to win against the Bengals next week and have the Ravens lose to the Browns or have the Titans and Colts tie on Sunday night. And, of course, the Steelers win. Early games, the Patriots beat the Bills 24-12. New England clinches its 10th straight AFC East title. And right now, they're the number two seed in the AFC playoffs. They would have a first-round bye. Cowboys over the Bengals 27-20. Dallas wrapping up the NFC East title. Vikings beat the Lions 23-9. Kirk Cousins, three-touchdown pass for Minnesota as they are still holding on to that final wildcard spot in the NFC. They beat the Bears next week, and they will be in the playoffs. Eagles on a last-second field goal top the Texans. 32 to 30, Philadelphia keeping his playoff hopes alive. Nick Foles, four touchdown passes. They will need to win. The Eagles will need to beat the Redskins next week and have Minnesota lose for the defending Super Bowl champs to get in. As for Houston, with that loss, they fall to the number three seed in the AFC playoffs. Colts with a late touchdown rally and beat the Giants 28-27. Indianapolis moves into the final wild card spot in the AFC, but they'll need to beat the Titans on Sunday night to get into the playoffs. Elsewhere, we had the Jaguars beating the Dolphins 17-7. Miami officially eliminated from the playoffs. Same thing for the Carolina Panthers as they lose at home to the Falcons 24-10. Rams beat the Cardinals 31-9. Bears over the 49ers 14-9. Overtime for the Packers to outlast the Jets 44-38. And the Browns beat the Bengals 26-18. This report brought to you by True Car. Online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. It's back to Brian No in the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Thank you, Eddie Garcia. We are coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Invite you guys. If you want to participate, want to check in, feel free to do so. 877-99 on Fox. Also on Twitter, at The No Show. So the Dallas Cowboys, they clinched the NFC East with their win against Tampa Bay on Sunday. And it wasn't a work of art. They were actually outgained by Tampa by 151 yards. Tampa had 383 yards of total offense. Dallas only 232. And you look at this Dallas team. They're playing good defense. The difference was they forced two fumbles by Jameis Winston. And they took one of them back for a touchdown. Jalen Smith had a long fumble recovery for the touchdown. But you look at Dak Prescott. He completed 20 passes for 161 yards. And Amari Cooper, he's been held in check the last two weeks. Only four catches on Sunday against Tampa for 20 yards. Four for 20 yards. And look, the Cowboys, give them credit. They've won nine games this season. They win the NFC East. When a lot of people laughed at that prediction, that was actually my prediction before the season. People were laughing at me left and right. I had the Cowboys winning the NFC East, and my bold prediction was that the Eagles would miss the playoffs. And some people are calling me Skip Bayless Jr. You're just doing it for the shock effect. You want attention. Like <laughs> all these, all these things that people were saying or tweeting. I'm like, no, it's actually just what I believe is going to happen. You look at the Cowboys, they're playing great defense. The thing that I always keep going back to is this. With the NFL, as we get closer to the playoffs here, it just doesn't make sense to me to speak in absolutes. Where This team has no chance whatsoever. That's what people say about the Patriots. There are a lot of people that say that. 
Take the Cowboys, for instance. Take a lot of teams, for instance. If you look at the Cowboys, they dominated the Saints just a few weeks ago. They held the Saints to 176 yards of total offense. Then they turn around, they get shut out by the Colts. And it's like, go figure. Which team is this? Is this the team that put up... What Dak Prescott, he threw for over 400 yards against Philly. He's thrown for a buck 61 today against Tampa? I know Philly's defense is banged up, but Tampa's defense is nothing to write home about. And he's passing for 161 yards? They're gaining 232 collectively against Tampa Bay? It's just crazy. Week to week. Talk about the Colts, who just shut out Dallas, who had to fight for their lives against the Giants today. And a few weeks prior, they get shut out by Jacksonville. How does that happen? Like, there are a lot of scenarios like that. All of a sudden, the Saints offense was firing again, like we're used to seeing. But as I mentioned before, they got completely shut down by the Cowboys. It's just all over the place in the NFL. Look at the Ravens. This is a good one. Ravens had to go cross-country on a short week and play the Chargers on Saturday. The Chargers were at home, and they had eight days of rest. And the Ravens just smoked them. Completely shut down the Chargers. Chargers didn't even gain 200 yards of total offense. Go figure. It's crazy, these ups and downs and these swings. This whole season has has told you, like given clues. Like, do you ever play the game Clue? We're trying to figure out what's what. No, that's what the NFL is. And the season will give you subtle clues and little pieces of the puzzle that you're trying to put together to forecast who's going to win it all, who's going to do what come playoff time. And the one major clue that this season has given is to not speak in absolutes. Don't sit here and just write off teams, especially the Patriots. With everything they've been through, the Brady-Belichick factor, people roll their eyes and it's the silliest reaction. They kind of know what they're doing. And they're really, 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 really good at what they do. They're actually great. They're superb. So to write them off like they have no chance whatsoever, this season, with a multitude of teams, and their weird, drastic, some good, some horrible results in games... It shows you that you shouldn't speak in absolutes. Look at the Rams. The Rams have shown greatness at stints throughout this season. And yet they throw four interceptions on the road against the Bears. They leave a ton of points on the field last week and get upstaged by the Eagles. They finally put it together against the decrepit Arizona Cardinals team. But they've been up, down, here, there. That's what the playoffs are, man. It's wide open, especially in the AFC. Wide open. And I just, I shake my head at these people that speak in absolutes as if certain teams have no chance whatsoever to do anything. I, I, I don't know how you come up with that. I don't. Let me go out to the phones here real quickly. Ben is in Oakland. Wants to check in about Mike Tomlin. What's going on, Ben? Oh, I'm just tuning you guys' radio and uh, listening. I saw a couple of the highlights from the game earlier. I'm not a diehard Steelers fan, but I'm out here in Oakland. I was really wanting to go to that game. Uh, I was out here recently, but I just didn't get a chance to. And uh, that was one of those games where a, a player just totally underperformed, 
and it cost the game for his coach. And it's like, how many times has that happened for the Steelers this year? Where you have this fumble, you have, you have another fumble. It's like, it ends drives, it ends game, and this is where it's like, oh, yeah, maybe Tomlin had, like, one play where it's like, oh, they went for it on like, uh, the fake punt. But, like, that's just being aggressive, and they had a better chance of making it than they had of losing it. I'm pretty sure they still uh, got the defensive stop on that next drive, didn't they? I didn't get to see that uh, full rundown. I was trying to read the the play-by-play. But, uh, well, which which one, Ben? Yeah. Like, I'm confused because I went back to when the Steelers were in Oakland. So I thought you were talking about yeah. that. Did you? Are you talking about the game today as well? Yeah, I'm talking about overall the whole year. Throughout the whole year, there's been a couple games where they've lost because of a player underperforming at a certain critical moment. And uh-huh. like people were talking about Mike Collins on the hot seat, you know. But if you're talking about this whole year overall, I mean, yeah, Livio Bell didn't come in, but you're also speaking absolutes just a second ago. How many times did the linemen say? Now, maybe I was going to be here. You know, this is, this is our, they're speaking in some absolute that just didn't pan out. And I remember the Nation, we were all clinging to maybe on Bell just showing up eventually because why would you count out, you know, 70 millions of dollars and not really play? But then he sent out those Twitter tweets where it's like he's talking about, you know, how much passion you must not really love it or something like that. And then he's expecting to get paid, what, more than that next year? <laughs> I mean, what, what's, his, what's his game plan, you know? Right. The, well, the fact that James Conner went down really put the Steelers in a bind. Had to bring guys off the practice squad, and then you know Curtis Samuels played great for him. I mean, you know he had what 100 yards rushing last week. Yeah, it was great last week against the Patriots. But I'll, I'll put it to you like this, Ben, and I appreciate you checking in. I, I guess what you're going for is it's not just Tomlin, it's the players, which I understand. It's not like. Tomlin was throwing the interception in Denver to a defensive lineman in Shelby Harris. Like Big Ben has had some noticeable gaffes this season, and that's not all on Mike Tomlin. Certainly, that makes sense. But I think that one of the biggest contributing factors to the Steelers needing help to get into the playoffs is that Tomlin's just not a disciplinarian. He's let a lot of things go that should have been put in check where you mentioned all the players talking about Le'Veon Bell's contract and counting his money, to Big Ben openly criticizing some of his receivers, Antonio Brown calling out media members. There's a whole lot of stuff that shouldn't be going on. It should all be about the upcoming opponent instead of all this drama and chirping about whatever it is or chirping about teammates. There's just too much chirping going on over there. And that falls on Mike Tomlin. So... He's not the only thing that's gone wrong with the Steelers, but he's certainly partially responsible. And if you have that much talent on your team, and you're probably going to be a non-playoff team, there's no way that he's blameless. I understand you saying he's not the only one to blame, but at the same rate, you can still turn that around and say, well, he's not blameless either. He's one of many that have gone wrong, but when you're the head coach and you're the tone setter, We're going to look at you first and foremost. That's just how it goes. All right, coming up next from the Geico Studios. The coach that is the Ryan Fitzpatrick of head coaches. I'm Brian No in for Big Ben. This is Fox Sports Radio. 
On the Ben Maller Show, we have some quirks and oddities that need to be heard twice to be believed, and now you can, thanks to the Ben Maller Show podcast, available wherever you download fine podcasts, including iHeart and iTunes. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and give us a five-star review. It drives the corporate guys crazy. And now live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, in for Ben Maller, it's Brian No. Thank you, Eddie Garcia. You know, uh... I don't know if I'm throwing a curveball at you, Eddie. You might have anticipated like some Browns love from me because I think that they are going to be a playoff team in at least the next four seasons. But there isn't a whole lot, you know? Like I'm not a Baker guy. And all this conversation about Greg Williams, who deserves consideration to be the actual head coach. He's the interim head coach. And they've they've won some games. But the same logic I apply to Baker when I'm saying, eh, you might need a little bit more to go on to be convinced well, that this guy's going to be a true Eddie, franchise Eddie, Eddie just said last hour that he's not, he's not convinced that the, the Browns will make the right decision with head coach. So I think, yeah, maybe they, they will make Greg Williams the head coach. And you think that'd be the wrong decision? Yeah. Definitely. Well, they, yeah. th- they thought Romeo Cornell was the right guy, too, you know, and that didn't work out. Now, I, granted, he didn't have a quarterback, and maybe they found one, and that's very important, obviously, in the NFL. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm not, I, I think if you're a Browns fan, you have to be encouraged, but I, yeah. I, I've just seen, I've seen this organization take so many missteps over the past 20 years, and I, I've got to see it to believe it, and I don't, I don't believe it yet. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. And I look at Greg Williams. They've had some success, but again, against who? They beat the Bengals twice, beat the Panthers, Broncos, and Falcons. That's nothing that's just earth-shattering right there. So although they've won some games, it's like, are you convinced you want to give them the keys? You want to give them a long-term extension as the head coach? This is still the same guy who in Buffalo years ago... Here's what he did in Buffalo. 3-13, 8-8, 6-10, see ya. And he also seems like one of those guys, and I don't know him personally. This is obviously from the outside looking in. He's a guy who you 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 like him initially, but I think long term, yeah, I don't know if he's the guy. You know what I mean? He sees, uh, you know, the players. I think he can he can wear on players. He's very outspoken, speaks his mind, and I don't know if that's the type of guy you want in that situation. Right, and you've seen some other coaches that have had great success, and all of a sudden it's gone the exact opposite way. Look at look at Doug Marone with Jacksonville. They were in the AFC title game last year. So I'm just bringing him up and as a guy who well had great fired. success. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he might get fired. I think yeah. he will get fired, as a matter of fact. I do too. I think he's gone. So if you apply that to Greg Williams, and it's like, well, he's had this great winning streak against the Bengals twice. It's like... Okay, (laughs) that's not enough for me to be like, oh yeah, totally, he's the guy. There are going to be a lot of coaching changes, and Vance Joseph's going to be out in Denver, and a number of other coaches are going to be gone. We might have as many as seven, eight vacancies. I'm curious if Cleveland's going to be one of them. We'll see. Coming up next from the Geico Studios, it doesn't make all the sense in the world, but I absolutely love the competitiveness. Oh, what's up? Hope you're enjoying your early morning hours. We're on a happy Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas Eve. Goodness, Christmas right around the corner. I haven't done any shopping yet. I've been immersed in ball. That's right. 
The NFL has just been awesome. Awesome. And Week 16 did not disappoint. All the storylines that are just dripping from this weekend. The major, like, the the big picture takeaway to me is that parity is king. I would much rather have the parity in the NFL than the dominance in the NBA. That's what it boils down to for me. And look, I'm a big NBA fan as well. But what the Warriors are in the NBA, it's not even close to the interest level that you get in the NFL when it comes to all the uncertainty and all of the parity. When you look at the Saints, they're in a dogfight against the Steelers team that might not even make the playoffs. That's the difference. Like, yeah, you might see this the Warriors get upset because they're going through the motions, one of 82, but you know as well as I do, you're not putting anything on that happening come playoff time. That's the difference between the NFL and the NBA. Or in the NFL playoffs, who knows, man? There are a lot of teams that are capable of making major noise once the playoffs get here. That's not the case in the NBA. And it's not necessarily an NFL versus NBA thing, like, hey, the NFL is way better than the NBA. It's more so parity versus dominance. It just so happens that there's more parity in the NFL, there's much more dominance in the NBA. If you're choosing between the two, Let's take the NBA for a second. You'd rather have the Warriors when Boogie Cousins is healthy with five All-Stars in the starting lineup? You'd rather have that barring injury? They're the team that's clearly going to win it all. You'd rather have that than you never know? Playoff start, all bets are off. Could be any number of teams that win a championship. you got to tune in to see what's going to be what. That's not more interesting to you? Like, think of week 16 in the NFL. All of these crazy outcomes, everything that impacted playoff seeding, who's currently going to be in the playoffs, who's going to be on the outside looking in. The Patriots move up to a two seed, which is enormous. They're in line for a first round bye. You look at the Colts, they're a playoff team right now. The Steelers are on the outside looking in. All of these things are going on. The Saints lock up a number one seed. You had to watch week 16 to see what was going to happen. The Texans, who are a three seed, they lose to a team in the Eagles that need help to get into the playoffs. You know, the, uh, the Colts are going up against a bottom feeder in the New York Giants and had to come back from a double-digit deficit to beat them. The Bears. The Bears are in a dogfight against the 49ers, led by Nick Mullins. If Nick Mullins wasn't hell-bent on throwing the football on fourth down when he could have ran for an easy first down, maybe the Niners pull out that ball game. The Cowboys, they get outgained by 151 yards against Tampa Bay, who's dreadful. Like These are all playoff teams that are having a tough time. And I think it speaks to the greatness of the NFL. I rattled off a couple of stats at the beginning of the show, and they're just astounding. Since we went to a 12-team playoff format back in 1990, in every single season, there have been at least four new playoff teams. You've got five new playoff teams that have clinched already. Bears, Chargers, 
Cowboys, Seahawks, and the Texans. You might get on top of that the Ravens and the Colts. You could have as many as seven new playoff teams. We took a call earlier in the show, and the guy said, it's an interesting little challenge to do. One of his friends said, hey, I bet you can't name eight teams that will absolutely miss the playoffs. You got to be right on all eight of these teams. Heading into a year, you might be like, that's easy. No problem. You start rattling off a couple of teams, you know, Tampa Bay, we know they're going to suck. Bills, they're not going to make the playoffs. You can come close, but to get all eight, there are going to be a few that trip you up. I don't think everybody was on the Cowboys bandwagon this year. I didn't see a ton of people just campaigning that the Bears were going to win the NFC North. There are surprises. Andrew Luck and the Colts, a lot of people sold them short. So I think that's what's truly great about the NFL. And also the worst-to-first aspect. This blows my mind even more than at least four new playoff teams since 1990. It's what the Bears did in the NFC North. They represent, for the 15th time in the last 16 seasons, a team that's gone from worst to first. 15 and 16 years? That's exciting. That gives you hope. That's why you watch the NFL draft. That's why, even though you had a dog season, you can't be called a complete lunatic if you say, hey, this team might challenge for a playoff berth. Think about Jacksonville two years ago. They were dreadful. Was Jacksonville 3-13? and And they improved to an 11-win team, make the playoffs? Same situation with the Rams. The Rams were 4-12. and before they had a great season and made the playoffs last season. So these dramatic turnarounds happen, and it's very, very exciting for fans. I just don't know how you get giddy with the NBA's current situation where the Warriors are absolutely towering over everybody. What's your motivation if you're a Sacramento Kings fan? You know, not to just pick on them, there are many teams where it's like, yeah, that's nice, you're going to try hard, and maybe you make some improvements, maybe you have a good season, maybe you win a couple of playoff series, but you're not winning a championship. I just don't like that dynamic of dominance nearly as much as I love the dynamic of parity. Love parity in the NFL. I'm Brian No in for Big Ben, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. I want to mention Aaron Rodgers here. Aaron Rodgers had this great game against the Jets. And first off, you might be thinking, uh, why are you talking about this now? Here's why. (laughs) 442 yards, two touchdown passes against the Jets in a completely meaningless game in terms of the playoffs. Packers were already eliminated. And Aaron Rodgers this week, he said, that's just not me. I can't mail it in. I can't cash it in and say, well, we can't reach the playoffs. I'm the franchise quarterback, a little bit banged up, so I'm going to call it a day. I'm just going to be on the recliner for the next two weeks. He's not wired that way. And I appreciate that. I love the competitiveness. 
But here's the deal. There was more to lose than to gain today for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. It worked out beautifully. He played great. He led them back. I love how competitive he is. I love that. But I think this is something that it's going to take one major injury to change the thinking. If you look at what the Panthers did with Cam Newton, he's got the shoulder injury and they're thinking, hey, what's the gain? What's the gain to trot out an unhealthy Cam Newton? He probably gives us the best chance to win, even though he's banged up right now. So we risk further injury, and if we win, we get a worse draft pick. Where's the gain? I don't have a problem with the Panthers thinking that way. The Giants are thinking that way with Odell Beckham Jr. The Packers aren't with Aaron Rodgers, and they allowed him to go out there and play. And on one hand, while I totally respect the competitiveness, I look at the other side of it and I say, if he got banged up, and it's a significant injury, think about Carson Wentz. He tore an ACL in December. He missed the first two games of the season. He wasn't ready for the beginning of the season. So these teams that aren't in the playoffs, that have no chance to reach the playoffs, that have been eliminated, if they're trotting out their star players, you are risking major injury, and you're risking a worse draft pick. So I'm not going to call you dumb. I'm not calling you stupid or anything like that. I'm just simply saying this. It's going to take one major injury to a big-time star for the thinking to then change and be more mainstream. Where it's not just the teams that have clinched their playoff berths, that don't have anything to gain in terms of playoff seeding, that pull the plug and don't play their star players. If you see that major injury to a star player, I'm glad that Aaron Rodgers didn't get hurt today. But let's just say, for the sake of this conversation, he did. Say Aaron Rodgers suffered this significant injury and it's going to be a rehab situation all offseason. He's going to miss the first couple of games next season. You don't think the thinking's going to change later next year when teams are faced with similar situations? Of course, it will. So there are teams that they're not going to change their thinking before that point before that happens. And I think it's only a matter of time until it does. That's what happened in college football. It was the Jalen Smith injury. Remember the Cowboys linebacker who had the scoop six today, if you will, fumble recovery for a touchdown. He had this terrible knee injury when he was at Notre Dame in a bowl game against Ohio State. Bad knee injury, nerve issues, missed his whole rookie season plummeted from a top five, top ten pick to a second rounder. Same thing with Jake Butt, the tight end out of Michigan. There have been situations like that, and all of a sudden the thinking changed. And some of these players that aren't in the playoff, they're thinking, do I really want to risk it? A lot of players sit out. I think it's going to be the same situation, the same dynamic in the NFL. It's going to take a couple of big-time injuries that make a big impact in the minds of the coaching staff in the front office. And once that happens, you watch the days of Aaron Rodgers doing what he did today, which was great, and it was awesome as a fan. It was fun to watch. And I'm not campaigning for those guys not being in uniform. 
I'm just simply telling you it's going to change. You're going to see a major injury and the thinking's going to change. And a lot of teams that are on the outside of the playoff race looking in, they're not going to trot out their star players. All right, with that being said, I want to welcome in Eddie Garcia, who was born on October 16th, as I learned this evening. Yes, major news. <laughs> yeah, man. If anybody I, wants to send any uh, you know, presents for next year, mark it down in your calendar. Kara <laughs> Fox Sports um, Radio, the Ben Maller Show. I like this, Eddie, because we've done a number of shows before, and I fill in for Big Ben from time to time. I like learning stuff about you. Well, is there I, any kind of, yeah, is there any sort of obscure, random fact about you that you're pretty sure I don't know about you? Uh, I played the trombone in the uh, high school marching band. See? I didn't know that. I had no idea. Okay. What was your favorite song on the trombone to play? <laughs> I don't think I had one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. I also played um, high school football. So I, I, I've learned that since, apparently, that's very rare now that kids either... You know, if you're a, if yeah. you're a, a, a musician, then band is your thing. If you're an athlete, then sports is your thing. But apparently, you're they don't want you to do both anymore for some reason. I don't know why. It's kind of sad. I didn't know you could do both. So what did you do? Like in the off season, you'd get on the trombone. No, I just I just wouldn't perform at halftime of the football games. But we, you know, we, the the high school band was a big deal at the school I went to. We had like over 300 members of our marching band. Uh, wow, and it was, and we were like, you know, nationally renowned and all that kind of stuff. So it was, it was, a, it was a cool thing to do, and we got to go to Hawaii and play in competitions and stuff like that. So it was, it was, uh, it was something that was encouraged. I just, uh, I just it was kind of sad that I, I found out that that that's very rare now, apparently. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were gonna say just playing high school football, which you know. Oh, it is becoming a little bit more <laughs> rare. You, yeah. yeah, but like to, to do trombone and play football, yeah, I would imagine that's very rare these days. Huh. Yeah, it is kind of sad. So when you guys were like on point and everything, was it still fun or were they just like, Garcia, you're out of the rotation right now. You're going to kill us in nationals over here. Were they really like high strung? No, no. They, I mean, uh, I, I didn't really think of it at the time, but the band director was totally cool with it. There were like six or seven of us that played football and were in the band. Because like I said, it was a huge band. Yeah, 76 yeah. trombones, probably a, uh, that's a staple, Roberto. But uh, yeah, he was totally cool with it. He didn't. He, when when we weren't there at halftime of the football games, there was just like a hole. You know what I mean? When, when they're doing these formations and stuff, they just didn't have anybody there when you know we were playing football. Although when I, I I did play one year of JV football, God, what a pain in the ass that was because we'd <laughs> I'd play the game and then I'd and someone would have to like pack my trombone in the bus and then I you know I'd have to I'd go take a shower and then get into the band uniform and oh, that sucked I really hated that but uh, so whole thing yes what um I got two questions <laughs> what position yes. in football did you play I was a center really yeah okay yeah I had a guy getting hand, after I it a, kind of Travis guy, Frederick style yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and um, here's the one I love I love to share uh, we had you know white football pants and uh-huh. uh, the quarterback hit his hand on a helmet racist. <laughs> and and so I had a bloody crotch the entire game. That was really wow. That was, that was outstanding. I see, yeah. yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, yeah, really like that. 
Did they, you know, take pictures to capture that moment? No, thankfully they did not. Okay. But, uh, All right. That would have been people, nice if you framed it and everything, yeah. you know? My lover balls. Yeah. Yeah. Little shotgun snap, you know, right angle. We didn't do a lot of shotgun. The, uh, yeah, we didn't do a lot of shotgun. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it funny, man? How I, I'll see these high school offenses, especially in Texas, yeah. and it looks like the Big 12, and I'm like, we weren't doing any of that stuff. Are you kidding me? No, they, it was they, like run left, run right. It's third down. All right, we're going to be radical here. Yeah. Forward pass. It's crazy. I now. grew up in Central California, and we had a coach come from somewhere, and he brought the wing tee, the Delaware wing tee, yeah. which is like one of the oh, oldest yeah. you know offenses in all of football. And because he kicked everyone's ass, everyone else tried to do it. So, like, every team was running the, one of the oldest offenses in football in the Central Valley. And, uh, and I came down here to L.A. And he's, he, they're throwing the ball around like they're BYU or something, oh, you know, back in the day. And I'm like, what is this? This is insane. Yeah, they it's, are. It's, it's, it's completely changed. Um, quick question. Yeah. Do you remember at the high school, because almost all of these fight songs – are ripped off from actual colleges and yes, their I fight know. song. I Do you remember what yours was? Yes. Was it an actual? F- yeah. I didn't know this. This is hilarious. I, I did not know that our high school fight song was a ripoff of a college song. I didn't know this because it, it wasn't like the USC fight song or the Notre Dame fight uh-huh. song or the Michigan fight song. So I'm watching a basketball game years later. And all of a sudden I hear my high school fight song. I'm like, <laughs> what the hell is this? Uh-huh. It, our fight song was the University of Kansas fight song. <laughs> and I had no idea. I just thought somebody actually wrote us a fight song, which looking back now is probably ridiculous that I would think somebody would actually do that. But yeah. I, I think, like, where's the originality? It can't be that hard for high schools to just write their own song, at least the music. They changed the words and everything. But what, the what, music, what about it's your not high school? that hard to do. I, well, I went to two high schools. The first one was a ripoff of Ohio State's fight song. All right. And the second one was a ripoff of USC's fight song. Roberto, do you remember in high school? Do you remember this at all? No, I don't remember. How about Ryan? I love getting Ryan in the show because Ryan sounds like the next great game show host. Oh, my man. Do you remember yours, Ryan? No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. See? Listen to those pipes, though, Eddie oh, Garcia. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. He's got potential. You know, I, I the only time I really feel old is when my, my high school friends tell me their kid just graduated college. That's when oh, I wow. like feel really yeah. old. But also, yeah. Ryan producing makes me feel really old. <laughs> he, I swear to God, he looks like he's 18 years old. <laughs> Ryan, how old are you? I'm 26. All right, a little older than I thought, yeah, but still quite yeah, a right. youngster. <laughs> I understand. I understand. I get it. I know. I look young. I, I totally get it. He's got a bright future. If it's not with Fox Sports Radio, he's going to be taken over for Drew Carey he's and the ra- Price is he's Right. He's a rookie. Yeah, okay. Alex Trebek isn't going to be there forever, Eddie Garcia, okay? Ryan <laughs> no, Bershinger. No, he's not. Next, Alex Trebek. All right, coming up next from the Geico Studios, the team that doesn't just lose, they rip your heart out. And then they lose. I'm Brian No in for Big Ben. This is Fox Sports Radio. Research has shown you get even more out of the Ben Maller Show when you follow along on Twitter. It's the playground for our P1s. Message the voice of the night and follow your host in for Ben Maller. That would be Brian No. He's at the No Show, N-O-E. And you can follow our fill-in producer for tonight. He's in for Justin Cooper. 
His name is Ryan Bershinger. <laughs> and his Twitter follow his Twitter account is at Ryan Bershinger. Okay, I feel like he's <laughs> I feel like he's kind of playing up the voice there, but okay, that's fine. And now live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, in for Ben Maller, it's Brian No. Was that live or was it a drop? No, that was, live. Because it, that was live. That needs to be a drop. Just the way you said that, I'll tell you a quick story. So you would like this, Eddie, because you have stomping grounds in Fresno. And I did radio there for a number of years. And in the preseason, the Lakers would play in Fresno. I don't know if it was every single year, but when I was there, they would play. And I don't know if it was the normal PA announcer. What is it? Lawrence Tanter? Yeah, Lawrence Tanter. Yeah. Yeah. Laker girl. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was so creepy. Like, the Laker girls come out, they perform, and he'd go, Laker girls. The Laker girls. And it was (laughs) the creepiest thing I've ever heard. Now, I'm not going to put Ryan Bershinger in the same category, but the way he said it, where he was like, Ryan Bershinger, he said it a little bit like Lawrence Tanter. It's a little bit. Maybe that, maybe he's the next great PA announcer. And not be. just a game show host. He could be a hybrid. He could change the game altogether over here with the pipes he's working with. Oh, that's I right. can see that happening. <laughs> Come on. <now. laughs> um, let me say this real quickly about the Steelers. They don't just lose. They rip your heart out and then they lose. You look at this loss against the Saints. You had the Stephen Ridley fumble while they're leading. The fake punt. Oh, they went Georgia Bulldogs on us. (laughs) Right? It went fake punt, just like the SEC championship game. Roosevelt Knicks. I thought of you, Eddie Garcia, because Roosevelt Knicks thought he gained the first down. He's doing this elaborate first down celebration. And it's like, hey, Rose, uh, we're a little short there. Yeah. Didn't work out. No. And then the Juju Smith-Schuster fumble. Oh gosh, it's Boswell would just what you're thinking. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, but, but it's like I I think that you correct me if I'm wrong, Eddie. Are there times like maybe on Sunday where on one hand you're thinking, yeah, it's probably not going to work out. I've seen this st- song and dance before, 2018. It's just not their year. And then you'll see a couple of really great plays. You'll see a touchdown from Antonio Brown. You'll see another touchdown from AB. And you start to think, hey, they could win this game. They got this. Do you ever think along those lines, or is it just clearly, nope, nope, something's going to go wrong? Well, it depends. Like against the Patriots, I was convinced they were going to blow it because they always yeah. lose to the Patriots. Right. But then they won, and I'm like, okay, so <laughs> can they beat the Saints? I was feeling pretty good. But uh, no. Yeah, didn't work out. Oh, man. Just the way it, it, certain losses, you know, you can deal with them. But if it's just something stupid, that's what drives me crazy. I completely agree. If if the other team was just better, I, I'm I'm okay with that, you know. But if, yeah. if you do something dumb to lose, that's when I just get nuts. Yeah, yeah. The two fumbles you, you can't have that obviously. And the fake punt that doesn't get the first down. When they were playing really good defense, at the time, the Saints were not in an offensive rhythm. 
And the Steelers go fake punt, don't get the first down, and the rest is history. And then the loss of my Raiders. Yeah, that was the, yep. that's the one. And I'm not trying to yeah. I'm not trying to rub it into Roberto. Boswell. If, you, if you lose to the Raiders, you don't deserve to go to the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> I'm serious. I just I, greatness I, of the Raiders. That's just the way I feel about it. Especially this year, that's totally yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's rough too. With the beautiful, you go hook and ladder or hook and lateral. Yeah. What do you say, Eddie Garcia? Um, I you say hook lateral. and ladder. I say hook and ladder. I go ladder as well. Yeah, like, hook I think and ladder. Lateral, yeah. Yeah, makes more sense, but old Ryan, school, it's what do you ladder. Say, Ryan? Oh, here it comes. I say hook and ladder. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just incorporate Ryan into each segment, just to see the voice inflection, how, how he attacks it. Yeah, but the hook and ladder, Smith-Schuster down the sideline, it's this unbelievable play, you got a game-tying attempt, and Boswell just slips, and... That's the kind of season it's been, man. It's just been brutal. The they toy with your emotions all year. That's yeah, the I was, I was at season. the game in Pittsburgh, too, uh, against the Chargers when they blew the lead in the fourth quarter. Oh, um, that was gosh. a killer, too. It's been, it's, like I said, <laughs> if you didn't have any investment and you just wanted to watch a team just for, for pure entertainment you know, and crazy yeah. finishes, the Steelers were, were the team for you this year. Were you there with the wife? Because she's a yeah, Chargers fan, right? I was. Right? Yes, I was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> was there any, like, in your face, Eddie, something like that, playfully? No, she's, she's, pretty, she's pretty cool about that. But here's, we were not supposed to sit together, uh, but then we got offered free tickets, and we just couldn't, we couldn't turn down the free tickets. They were good seats. <laughs> so we ended up sitting together. So it was kind of like, oh, shoot, we got to sit next to each other while you cheer for your Chargers and I cheer for my Steelers? Yeah, I mean, we it's it's a muted kind of a fan experience. <laughs> how how did she take the loss on Saturday, Eddie? I think she I don't know, I think she took it uh, not as bad as me because oh, I man. she's in the playoffs. That's true. I, yeah. I, I I'm not. So That's true. Yeah. I think I was more there. disappointed than she was. Did you have a meltdown? What's the worst meltdown you've ever had? In sports or for... Yeah, just as a fan. Like your Steelers lose a big game uh, and you just uh, lost it. It was actually a baseball game, believe it or not. Really? Okay. The the Pirates lost to the Braves in the NLCS on the uh, Francisco Cabrera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I I broke a glass top coffee table (laughs) and my roommate in college looked at me like I was insane. He was... (laughs) I still remember the look on his face like, did you just do that? I didn't I didn't say I'm going to break this table by we had a you know this was before cell phones this is how old I am and we had a phone on top of the coffee table and I stood up and I punched the phone with my fist and it just it broke the glass top uh coffee table and I just looked at oh, him and he man. looked at me and I just said I I'll, I'll I'll buy you a new one and I walked out of the out of the apartment <laughs> <laughs> and took a walk around the block to cool off. I was oh, so man. pissed off. That's funny. I'll tell you a brief story, brief story coming up next. Eddie Garcia is going to spin us around first, but uh, one thing that I was upset about and broke something. I'll tell you that. First, though, update with that. Let's do it. All right, week 16 in the NFL. Let's uh, first check in on those games that involve the playoffs. And Sunday night, good game in Seattle with the Seahawks getting a 38-31 win over the Chiefs. Seattle clinching the NFC wildcard spot with that win. Kansas City fails to clinch the AFC West title 
with the loss. In late action, Saints over the Steelers 31-28. New Orleans clinches the number one seed in the NFC playoffs. Pittsburgh falls out of the playoffs. Baltimore now is in first place in the AFC North. Early action, Patriots beat the Bills 24-12. New England wraps up the AFC East title for a 10th straight year. They're also now the number two seed in the AFC playoffs. Cowboys win the NFC East beating the Buccaneers 27-20. Vikings are still holding on to that final wildcard spot in the NFC thanks to a 27-9 win over the Lions. The Eagles beat the Texans 32-30 on a last-second field goal. Philadelphia keeping its playoff hopes alive with that win. Houston, meanwhile, drops to the number three seed in the AFC playoffs, so they wouldn't have a first-round bye right now. Colts edge the Giants 28-27. Indianapolis moves into the final wildcard spot in the AFC. Jaguars over the Dolphins 17-7. Miami's out of the playoffs. So are the Panthers, who lose to the Falcons at home 24-10. Rams over the Cardinals 31-9. Bears beat the 49ers 14-9. Packers outscore the Jets 44-38 in overtime, and the Browns beat the Bengals 26-18. This report brought to you by True Car. Online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Back to Brian No the Geico out, uh, out <laughs> in the Fox Sports Radio studios. <laughs> <laughs> I, like I almost you, thought Andy I Garcia. almost thought I was on another show there for a second. Sorry about that. <laughs> Oh, Roberto good, knows what man. I'm talking about. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, we're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Just go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Brief 30-second story, and I'll get to the calls. Yeah, so I was, uh, <laughs> you mentioned the story where you, you broke a table. You broke the phone on the table, right, Eddie Garcia? I think the phone survived. The, the table did Oh, not. the phone. It was the table yeah. that was the downfall. So um, I had a vested interest on an NBA game a few years ago. I think it was the Knicks and Kings. I can't remember for sure, but I, I was surely going to lose this bet. I remember Carmelo Anthony was playing for the other team. Like, I must have bet on the Kings. And uh, he went to the free throw line, up three, with like two seconds left. And I'm like, he's got he's going to make one and it's over with. I must have taken the other team, the Kings, to just win outright. And he missed both free throws. And I want to say it was Boogie Cousins. I can't remember for sure. But one of the Kings players just throws the ball like three quarters of the court. And I'm like, that's got a shot. I'm watching on my phone, like league pass on my phone. Throws it three quarters of the court. It hits the front rim. Goes backboard off and I just like I didn't like spike my phone Gronk style I more like Philip Rivers did I kind of like Patrick Mahomes did tonight when he threw the sidearm pass and I went to check my phone a little bit later it was completely cracked and I'm like I'm an idiot what am I doing but yeah I uh I Philip Rivers my phone went a three-quarter sidearm on it and it didn't survive but since then, I've uh, man- managed my anger a little bit better, Eddie Garcia. I'm working progress. You're, you're, you're growing. I'm growing. Yeah. Yep. Making some strides here and there. Let's hear from Helmet Man. He's oh, in L.A. Wow. Wants to talk some Ravens. I'm Let's do it. What's going on, Helmet Man? Here. Yes, you're on. Yeah, you, you... <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was talking to the Petro and Money show Friday, and I told Money the charges were going down Friday. You were right. <laughs> and he said they they was giving me the uh the booze, you know. 
And uh, I was out there yesterday. They were booing you? They were giving you the booze? That's what they were doing? Yeah. They were taking uh. calls, which they don't really do. But that day they opened up the line. But it wasn't this number. It was the 987 number. <laughs> right, right, right. Helmet and man. you got in there and you said Chargers are going down. Helmet man, this is yeah. Eddie. I was out there at the, at the game. Were you out there at the StubHub Center as well? Yeah, I was at the game yesterday. It was disappointing, wasn't it? Well, I was uh, celebrating with the Raven fans, uh, you know, when I got outside. Were you wearing your Orioles uh, garb? No, I was wearing a, a Raven hat and oh. a, a number 27 Raven jersey. Oh. Wow, you dressed up for the occasion. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You like and, Lamar uh, Jackson? You a fan of Lamar? Oh, yeah. But yeah. I like yeah. Flacco, too. And uh, oh, you were wearing I, a Ray Rice jersey. I for a long time for the bus. I caught the 53 bus. The 53 bus. That's a good Yeah, bus, the MTA. Yeah. I, I, I went on it, but I don't like uh, yeah. catching a bus down in Central Avenue at night. No. In the no. daytime. Why? It's not a, daytime, not, not a problem. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't like the, uh, you know, ride on that route, the 53 bus. Right, right, it comes right. Through the hood, you know. <laughs> yeah. How yeah. long is that bus ride, though, Helmet Man? What are we looking at here to go to a game? Oh, I was. Uh, well, that's the first time I went to a game out here. This is the first time. But I have a friend named Gilbert that lives in San Diego. He said. He still likes the charges, but he said he don't want to give the Spanos his money, so mm. he get free tickets. Really, he gets free tickets. How does he do that? Oh, he probably just knows somebody or somebody have tickets to a game, but he said he don't want to use his money because they left town. Well, he's got the hookup, man. You know, free is always better. Is he stealing it? Oh. Is he shady Gilbert at all? Is he doing anything like some funny business? No, he he just don't want to, you know. He just got the connections. Back and yeah. forth here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what do you think about your Ravens real quickly? You're going to make damage in the playoffs, assuming they win next week? Yeah, I think they're going to. No, they're going to beat uh, Cleveland because they're going to yeah. be up to the challenge. They're going to be at home. They play in the and Baker Mayfield's right? overrated, right, Helmet Man? He's overrated. Who? Baker <laughs> Mayfield. Uh, well, he did good for a rookie. He just got there. Yeah. Uh, he disagrees with you, Brian. Yeah, well, he, he didn't like quiet. He just I said he's good like for a rookie. The, uh, I still like the <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers because uh, I like sportsmanship. Yeah, everyone knows so the Steelers all about sportsmanship. The Steelers are sportsmanlike. No sportsmanship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the Steelers show good sportsmanship, according to you, is what you're saying. Teams, all the teams. I don't put down any NFL team. I like well, all that's of nice. them. That's nice. Except you're very positive. Except I don't really like Boston sports. That's the only <laughs> team I don't like. I thought you were okay with all 32. Now all of a sudden you got a problem with the Patriots helmet, man? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. 
Hey, fair enough. And, Patriots uh, didn't make the grade. Rico. Crew, we appreciate Alberto, the call. Uh, yeah, go Eddie, ahead, Helmet, man. Uh, Last shout-outs here. Uh, I forgot his name. Uh, Justin Cooper, Ben. Uh, uh-huh. Uh, uh, Noel, the Noel, the guy they called Brian Noel. And what's oh, that guy. What, I love Brian yeah. Noel. What's, what's my name, uh, Helmet, man? Oh, uh, Alberto. Yeah, Alberto. <laughs> Alberto. Yeah, I love Alberto. Danny, Danny G, I always see him on the uh, Clay Travis show, but I don't hear him on y'all show. Nah, he's sleeping right now. Yeah. He's got to get ready. You got to get ready for that morning show. We appreciate the call, Helmet Man. That was fun. That was eclectic, top, man. Top that of the was morning good. to you, Helmet Man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He came and uh, visited us in studio. While back was uh, just out of the blue, just came on in, hung out, huh? <laughs> yeah, hung out, and uh, was quite an experience. Yeah, well, that's cool. He had all of his Baltimore Orioles uh, stuff on. Is he a Cal Ripken fan? He's a, he's a Baltimore fan, apparently. Just in general, yeah, yeah. Although he okay. did, although he did tell us that he hates Baltimore, the city. <laughs> <laughs> I love how he's like. I love everything. Well, uh, not the uh, Patriots. So the Patriots yeah, yeah, I don't like them. All right, coming up next from the Geico Studios. If you wrote the story of this player as a script, it would get thrown out. I'm Brian. No, in for Big Ben. This is Fox Sports Radio. We do things a little differently than those dime-a-dozen sports shows, but we can't do it alone. We need your help in spreading the gospel about our unique brand of talk radio. Use your voice on social media to show public support for the Ben Maller Show. And now live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, in for Ben Maller, it's Brian No. Thank you, Eddie. So, uh, Nick Foles, what a game against the Houston Texans. 471 yards passing, four touchdown passes. Dude was clutch again. And why I uh, while I'm not going to be crazy and say, hey, kick Carson Wentz to the curb and roll with Nick Foles, you got to take your hat off to the guy. And I do think if this was a script... If you're like, all right, journeyman quarterback, bounced around here and there, considered retirement fills in for a franchise quarterback in Carson Wentz who's hurt, he's injured, and Nick Foles leads this dramatic underdog Super Bowl champion story for the city of Philadelphia that had no Super Bowl success whatsoever. And oh, by the way, he's going to start to do something similar the next year. You'd throw that script out. You'd be like, that's far-fetched. But that's what's happening. And the Eagles, they're at least in position if the Vikings lose next week to the Bears and the Eagles take care of their business, they're in the playoffs. Listen to the end, the final call on WIP Eagles Radio Network. Hold your breath. Spotted. Kicked. Up. It is gone! It's gone! The Eagles win! Merrill Reese went crazy. It was a great performance by Nick Foles. Terrible performance by the Houston secondary. And you got it, that 35-yard field goal at the end, you got to jump over the line if you're the Texans in an effort to try to block it. It's your best chance to block a field goal. Do that. But I take nothing away from Nick Foles. He was magnificent. All right, coming up next from the Geico Studios, this team is completely average, but one of the most entertaining teams in the NFL. What's going on, everybody? So, 
I'm going to start positive here before I get critical. I'm going to start with the positive when it comes to the Cleveland Browns before I get to the critical, which is Baker Mayfield. The Cleveland Browns are completely mediocre. They're an average football team. But they're one of the most entertaining teams in the entire league. You go from 0-16 to 7-7-1. It's a dramatic improvement. When you could go plus 7 in the wins department from one season to the next, that's impressive. You just look at the standings right now in the NFL. Take some teams that have had bad years. Buffalo just sucks, right? Terrible. They're five and nine. Let's just give them the L in week seventeen and say they go five and ten. To improve by seven wins, you're talking twelve and four next year. That's a big improvement. So the Browns have made big strides, but they're still completely average. Their record is the definition of average. Seven, seven, and one. They're five hundred. But they're interesting. They're one of the most interesting teams in football. You look at the Dallas Cowboys. I'm sorry, I said the Bills, they're 5-10 and 10 right now. Let's give them 5-11 and 11 for the season, right? You'd still have to improve by seven wins. You'd get to 12-4. and four. That's a huge improvement. If you look at other teams with records, the Dallas Cowboys, they're not a double-digit win team, but the Dallas Cowboys are always interesting. There's always a lot going on, always a lot of talking points. It's a lot to talk about. I think that the that the Cleveland Browns are in that territory right now. And it's amazing that they are, but Baker Mayfield is one of the biggest reasons why. He is entertaining to watch. And he's one of these guys in the NFL where he's just a lightning rod. Conversations follow Baker Mayfield. And whatever he does, whatever he says, it's going to gain attention. It's going to gain some headlines. And that certainly was the case on Sunday. So he has this very good game, and it turns out to be the footnote because we're talking about him staring down Hugh Jackson. Baker Mayfield throws for just under 300 yards, throws for three touchdowns, and after a long completion to his tight end, David Njoku, he stares down Hugh Jackson. Just stares him down. And after the, the game, reporters asking him about it, here's the back and forth. Check it out. 60-something yard pass to, to David that sealed it. The TV camera showed you kind of looking at the Bengals' sideline and backpedaling. Was that directed at you, or what was going on? Oh, no idea what you're talking about. Seriously? Yeah. It's, it's kind of <laughs> trending on social media. You were staring down. That's all right. We won. David didn't score on that play. Wow. I, my favorite part is the reporter going, Seriously? That's the card you're going to play? You're going to play dumb? My thing is this. I think it's completely unprofessional. I think it's lame. I think it's a clown move to stare down your former head coach. That's the ultimate and fake tough guy. What's Hugh going to do? Like, look at you and be like, well, let's let's go then, bro. Like, is he going to do that? No. It's a fake tough guy move. And it's just, it's not cool. It's just a lame move by Baker Mayfield. But if you're going to do it, that's one thing. You got to at least own it. Don't play dumb. Don't be like, what? What was I doing? I was doing that? Me? That was me. No. I mean, we, we won the game. So, I come on, man. That's just stupid. His head coach, Greg Williams, he talked about Baker Mayfield. Here's how he described his quarterback. 
No, I, I will tell you this, no. You know, Baker's that way all the time. You guys only get a chance to see a smidgen of it, okay? And if that if that looked different to you all because of that, we see it every day. You know, we see it in, you know, um, in the practice settings and stuff. That's who you are, and that's what you want at that position. Look, I'll say this. On the positive side, I agree with Greg Williams. I will take a little bit of the... Um, uh, the negative stuff that comes along with Baker Mayfield's general demeanor because he's a guy that exudes confidence. He's got that swag, and he's a guy that has a chip on his shoulder. And when you're talking about taking over for an 0-16 team last season, I want that mentality as the starting quarterback of my franchise. Yeah, so I'll deal with the... Stuff that's unprofessional, that's lame, that's a clown show when he's staring down his former head coach on the heels of having words a couple of weeks ago, having a problem with Hugh Jackson who got fired to take a paycheck from somewhere else, which is the dumbest thing ever. But I'll take the bad because there's overwhelmingly a lot more good that comes along with it. There's a 30 for 30 on Christian Leitner. ESPN did it where it was, I hate Christian Leitner. You might have seen it. It It's great. It's fantastic. But there's a part in the documentary where Coach K is talking about Christian Leitner and how he was tough to deal with. Like, he's he's intense, and he's a guy that can rub his teammates the wrong way. And so, Coach K was talking to Sidney Lowe, who was coaching Christian Leitner with the Timberwolves at the time. And Coach K said, you've got to think of Christian Leitner like fire. If you use him the right way, he could heat up your entire apartment building. But he also has the the possibility to burn the whole thing down. And Coach K said, I would like that. I want a guy with that fire, with the potential to do good while knowing it can also do harm. I think there's a lot of similarities with Baker Mayfield right there. I feel the same way about Baker, is how Coach K described Christian Leitner. Baker Mayfield has that fire that can do a lot of good for your franchise. That same fire can do a lot of harm. And so I think overwhelmingly that fire has done him good in his rookie season. We've seen a few portions, I think, on Sunday when he's staring down Hugh Jackson. (laughs) It was completely unprofessional. I think that's the downside of it. But I'll take that if it comes with everything else that's good. So on the positive side, I will say that about Baker Mayfield. I'm Brian Noen for Big Ben, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Now we get to this. If you look at Andrew Luck... On Sunday in his performance, he was magnificent. And I know it's the Giants, but when you're fighting for your playoff lives and the Giants are playing really good football against you and the Colts defense isn't doing much of anything against the Giants and you're facing a double-digit deficit late and Andrew Luck is making play after play after play to lead the Colts to a victory, I find that very impressive. And I wanted to do a a quick comparison between Baker Mayfield and Andrew Luck. I think that Baker Mayfield is the anti-Andrew Luck. And what I mean by that is this. 
they're viewed totally differently. If you look at them both number one overall picks, all the expectations heading in, and steadily, Andrew Luck is just nitpicked. It's what he isn't doing right. It's, oh, he left this play on the field. Ah, he's not quite doing this. Well, this. That's the way it is with Andrew Luck. It might be the same way with Baker Mayfield in a little bit. I feel like we're in the honeymoon phase right now with Baker Mayfield. And at some point, if the playoff wins aren't coming in, if he's falling short of expectations, best believe that honeymoon phase is going to be a thing of the past. But right now, when you look at Andrew Luck, he belongs in the MVP discussion. He's not going to win it, but he belongs on that short list. He's definitely a top five MVP candidate. And Baker, Baker doesn't belong on that list. He's not in that discussion. Yet if you think about the props that Baker Mayfield receives, they greatly surpass the praise that Luck gets. It's not even remotely close. And while I realize that Baker's a rookie and Andrew Luck isn't, it's one of these things where it shouldn't be where Andrew Luck is nitpicked to the nth degree and Baker Mayfield is just widely celebrated for beating mediocre teams. It's such a strange dynamic that's going on there. I just feel that Baker Mayfield's horrible Browns franchise, the recent history, which has just been disastrous, they were 336-1 and under Hugh Jackson. I don't need to tell you how bad that is. And I think that's how Baker Mayfield is individually evaluated. He's evaluated with the entire Browns history at the forefront of people's minds. Where all these failed quarterbacks, all these failed seasons, all these losses, and now all of a sudden they're winning and who cares who they're beating. Therefore, Baker Mayfield is just awesome. They're doing way better. And I I just don't see that being the case. I think that Baker Mayfield is, by a wide margin, the most overrated player in the NFL. And when I say that, I'm not telling you that he can't play at all. He can. He's produced a lot of great plays. So he's not a hack, but he's not as good as a lot of people are making him out to be. I think you got to look critically at the competition. He hasn't run run through a gauntlet of teams, and there's rose petals being slung at his feet left and right. I think it's over the top. And I think that the franchise that he's playing for has a lot to do with that. He's got a lot of weapons to work with, believe it or not. You go out and get Jarvis Landry, Nick Chubb rushes for over 100 yards today. Antonio Callaway is a first-round talent that slid to the fourth because of character issues. David Njoku is a good tight end. He's got a good offensive line. Got Miles Garrett over there. Yeah, a lot to work with. But it's just disguised based on it's the Browns and the Browns stink. And what we know is that's a decrepit franchise. And now they're good and therefore Baker is the man. I I don't buy it. I got to see a lot, lot more against much better competition to really buy in that this dude is the real deal. Because I haven't bought in. I am far from having bought in on Baker Mayfield being the real deal in the NFL. I think he's like UCF. I think he's getting fat off of mediocre competition. And people are just eating it up. They're just like, who cares? Who cares who they're beating? They're winning. Therefore, he's great. I I don't buy it. Someone I do buy is Eddie Garcia. 
and he's with us this evening. We have found out many things about Eddie Garcia. He plays the trombone. He was born on October 16th. So we've gotten a, a fair share of Eddie Garcia knowledge tonight, which I feel very, very fond of. Um, I, I, would, Garcia, I would correct you, uh, played the trombone. I have not played. I've not played the trombone in many, many years. I don't even know if I could still wow. do it. I assume I could, but it's been a long, long time. Once I graduated high school, yeah, the days of the trombone uh, were were put away. I'm kind of sad about I'm sorry. that, man. I'm sorry to hear that. Do you still own a tram- trombone? No, I do not. No, I do not. Man. What would you think if I, I don't know if I could rustle one up for Christmas <laughs> this year, but let's say next year I'm like, hey, Eddie, Eddie Garcia, man, remember the trombone story? I got you one. What would you say to that? Uh, I would uh, say thanks. Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> you want me to play a little like Christmas tune or something? Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, a little Christmas yeah. vibe, maybe like a Metallica rendition. <laughs> I don't know about that. Do a little sad but true on uh, the trombone. Yeah, we'll see. I, I mean, I I need some practice time. I don't. I, I I'm pretty sure if you just handed one to me, that I wasn't gonna. I'm not gonna be able to just bust out a tune. <laughs> I bet you could. I don't. I don't, eh, I don't think so. No, not really. It's How been, many years has it been? Time. Like fifteen. Uh, I think it's been longer than that. Yeah, no, it's wow. been that. I got faith, man. You could. Yeah, I don't think that you would be like. I, I don't know how to play it at all. No, I I could I could play it, but I don't think I could uh, just bu- like I said, just bust out a, a tune for you. I, I need a yeah. little. I need a little practice time. I think we should arrange that on Ben's show. You know, like the talent competition. We have maybe had you a, throw your name yeah, in the hat we, next we, year. We had a talent show, uh, and it was it was pretty good. Yeah, we have we have a couple of harmonica players. Uh, well, any anything else, Roberto? I, I can't remember any other Thank musical you, instruments. Ben and Eddie Coop and oh yeah, well, we had lots of singers, plenty of singers. <laughs> if I was any better, I'd host a show, but I wouldn't be Ben Yeah. Wow. What was that a rendition of? I'm trying to place the song. I know that song, the actual one. Oh boy, uh, I'm not sure. I can't. Yeah, I can't place it either. But it was good off it the top good. of my head. Anybody do like uh? I don't know, like a heavy metal rendition. No, that was was geared toward the show. No, I'm afraid. No. that that did not happen. No, untapped market, untapped. Maybe next year. By the way, Brian, I have good news. Uh, there's 45 minutes left in the show. The over under uh-huh. on negative Uh-oh. tweets. Yeah, yeah. What did where I say? We at? Did I say 12, 13? You said 12. Like 12. We are we are solidly under at this point. Wow. wow. It may affect the voting, but I've got six negative tweets about Brian No <laughs> so far in the show. But should uh, we go through the negative tweets? Let's let's go over the negative tweets coming up oh here. What do you say, Eddie uh, Garcia? Is there anything that's really just harsh and pointed? I'm I'm pretty sure there was one that was that was kind of uh Well that was harsh. I would that would describe as harsh. It was uh, <laughs> I believe I'm gonna I'm gonna paraphrase here, but I believe uh, that a person said they would rather have sex with Rosie O'Donnell than listen to you on the radio. Wow, wow. See, now that's that's something else, right there, yeah, man. It's, it's pretty harsh. That is pretty harsh. But I, hey, I, I personally would rather listen to you on the radio than that. Yeah, being so good. Should... well, thanks, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. 
<laughs> That's high praise from you, Eddie Garcia. I like that. Thank you very much. And you too, Roberto. Appreciate that. Check it in there. Um, yeah, I, I think it's funny, man. Like some of the reaction when like you said it earlier in the show, Eddie, this is the drill. It's the holiday season. Ben has vacation time. They'll take vacation around the holidays. There has to be a fill-in host. And yet, they'll react like, I basically boxed Ben out like I was going for a rebound. He was heading into work, and I was like, no, 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 no. I'm going to get on the <laughs> offensive glass and grab this rebound. You're not in, Big Ben. Like That's how they'll act. It's crazy how listeners are sometimes. And then you get the, uh, well... He's at least he's no Jonas Knox, you know, or whatever. Yeah, like Jonas yeah, is, yeah. Or, or vice yeah. versa. Oh, I'd rather vice have Jonas versa. Knox than him. Yep, totally. And yeah. you're caught caught in the middle. You're Switzerland. What do you say? You're scared, Cole. <laughs> <laughs> that was Jonas's Nicole Kidman impression. It was fantastic. On Friday. <laughs> um, no, nah, I, I just you know I try. I usually I don't comment. I just you know let them have their say and move on. Has because there ever there was, been a time? I was going to say. When, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. I was just going to say. Has we, there ever been a time when we've gone back and forth? You know, we've had a heated discussion, and someone tweets in like, "I hate this no guy." Has there ever been a time where you've been tempted to be like, "I hear you," or something like that? Well, no. There was one time. I'm not going to say <laughs> his name. I think he still works here on the weekends. We had a host here who filled in for Ben. And uh-huh. someone tweeted a negative comment about him, but a positive comment about me, and I liked it. And he, oh yeah, he legitimately got bent out of shape over that and brought it up oh. on the air, which was really nice. Oh man! <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's the tough thing about the like. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That happens a lot. I'll get that where it's like, hey man, they'll say something complimentary, and then they'll put down someone else. And I'm like, well, I can't like it. It's not like me endorsing like this other dude sucks if they're saying that. I I can't do that. Yeah, I hear you, man. It's crazy. Craziness. All right, speaking of craziness, coming up next from the Geico Studios, the stats that this guy has turned in throughout the season are astounding. I'll tell you about that. I'm Brian No in for Big Ben. This is Fox Sports Radio. You have to multitask to navigate through life, so make sure to like the Ben Maller Show in the cyber world. Join our Facebook radio family. It's the Maller Militia Springboard on the social network. Go to Facebook.com slash Ben Maller Show. And now live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, in for Ben Maller, it's Brian Nome. Thank you, Eddie Garcia. So, Aaron Donald of the Los Angeles Rams has just been killing it this year. He set a record, actually, on Sunday against the Arizona Cardinals. He recorded his 18th and a half sack of the season. And so that breaks a record for defensive tackles. This was set back way back in 1989, where it was Vikings defensive tackle Keith Millard and also uh, defensive tackle Leroy Glover. They had 18 sacks apiece. Um, as defensive tackles, and that's what Aaron Donald just broke on Sunday. That is amazing. I, really, to have 18 and a half sacks as a defensive tackle is astounding. This is actually how one of the sacks sounded on 93.1 Jack FM Rams Radio Network. 
Rosen has a belt high shotgun snap. Pressure in his face, and he is sacked. Aaron Donald with another multi-sack performance. He goes to a knee and waves his right arm in celebration. He's got two today. I'll tell you, it's uh, we see this a lot in the NFL. If you get a monster contract, sometimes the production sort of falls off a little bit. Guys get content. That hasn't been the case at all with Aaron Donald or Khalil Mack, who have gotten their big contract extensions and have just been terrorizing quarterbacks. And man, for Aaron Donald, you think about what a weapon he is, not just against the pass, but against the rush. And you're not supposed to be able to sack the quarterback that many times as a defensive tackle. And he's doing that. And that's the other strange thing with the Rams defense. They're getting better now that Aqib Tlaib is there. But there have been many, many games where they have left a lot to be desired defensively. And I'm really curious if they turn the corner collectively once the playoffs get here. Because I think they've underperformed throughout most of the season. Uh, But it's certainly not because of Aaron Donald at all. That dude is unbelievable. Let me go out real quickly. Manuel is in Gardenia. Uh, He wants to talk about the Raiders. What's up, Manuel? What's going on, man? Uh, Hey, first off, Brian, no host of the no show, the man who never goes like his name says because he's always in the house blowing up the spot. Hey, I got to give a shout out to my man, uh, Ranch Robert, uh, to everyday Eddie Garcia and all the Fox gang out there that uh, keep us working schlubs entertained while we uh, listen to the greatest sports network on earth, the Fox Sports Radio Network. Hey, uh, yeah, so I'm a big-time Raider fan like my man Robert, and uh, it's just kind of, kind of sad having air tomorrow uh, with that Monday nighter. Uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, it's going to be the, you know, the last stand in Oakland, and uh, it sucks because, man, you know, as a, as a fan, you would hope to win, but I don't. We need to lose because we need to uh, make these draft picks as valuable as possible. Hey, Helmet Man, if you want to uh, be safe on that 53, you may consider getting yourself a palm heater, my man. Hey, everybody have a Merry Christmas yeah. out there. <laughs> I like that. Thank you. Thank you for that. That was an interesting transition, you know? Through the hood, you know. Yeah, yeah. From... Uh... Yeah, Merry Christmas to what did he say? What was the was the slang for a gun? My memory is uh, faulty sometimes. Did he say heat? Yeah, but, heater. Uh, it, it was like a palm heater. I think he said palm heater is what he said. Something like that along those lines. It was kind of like uh, Mike Tyson, where Mike Tyson was like, "I want to eat his children." Praise to Allah. You know, it was just a sharp transition right there. That was good. I like that. Alberto. Keeping it lively here on a Christmas Eve. <laughs> it's fun. I love it. All right. So uh, Eddie Garcia is with us to spin us around. I'll get to some tweets coming up next that have been entertaining, but always entertaining is Eddie Garcia. Bring this up to speed on everything on sports. All right, Brian, let's get you up to date on the playoff scenarios. And of course, the final scores from week 16 in the NFL Sunday night. Good game in Seattle. Seahawks get the 38-31 win. Over the Chiefs, Seattle clinches an NFC wildcard spot with that victory. And Kansas City fails to clinch the AFC West title with the win. Kansas City, though, can 
clinch the title with a win against Oakland next week. In late action, Saints over the Steelers 31-28. New Orleans clinches the number one seed in the NFC playoffs, so the road to the Super Bowl will go through New Orleans. Pittsburgh falls out of a playoff spot. Baltimore right now is in first place in the AFC North. Steelers can still get in, but they're going to need some help. They're going to have to beat the Bengals next week and have Baltimore lose to Cleveland, or they could have Tennessee and Indianapolis tie in the Sunday night game. Early action, Patriots beat the Bills 24-12. New England clinches the AFC East title for a 10th straight year, and now they move into the number two seed in the AFC playoffs, so they would have a first-round bye if the playoffs started today. Cowboys over the Buccaneers 27-20. Dallas wraps up the NFC East title. Vikings are holding on to that final wildcard spot in the NFC thanks to a 27-9 win over the Lions. Minnesota can clinch a playoff spot with a win against the Bears next week. The Eagles get a field goal as time expires to edge the Texans 32-30. Philadelphia keeping its playoff hopes alive. They need to win against Washington next week and have Minnesota lose to get back into the playoffs. Houston, meanwhile, falls to the number three seed in the AFC playoffs with that loss. And the Colts rallied the entire game until they scored a touchdown with 55 seconds left to pull out a 28-27 win over the Giants. Indianapolis moves into the final wildcard spot in the AFC. They will still need a win over the Titans in that Sunday night game to get into the playoffs. Jaguars over the Dolphins 17-7. Miami officially eliminated from the postseason. Falcons over the Panthers 24-10. Carolina officially eliminated from the playoffs. Rams over the Cardinals 31-9. Bears beat the 49ers 14-9. It was the Packers outscoring the Jets 44-38 in overtime. And the Browns beat the Bengals 26-18. This support brought to you by True Car. Online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Back to Brian No in the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Thank you, Eddie Garcia. Like you said, we're coming to you from those Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com. Or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. So I've, <laughs> I've been getting blown up on Twitter here by Sports Plus. And he's uh, taking me to task, not in a bad way, um, but when I'm talking about the Houston Texans, they lost to Nick Foles, another great performance, and the Eagles. So Houston went down 32-30. to and I've said at different portions throughout the night that the Texans should have jumped over the line to try to block that 35-yard field goal that Jake Elliott was very likely to make. And so Sports Plus on Twitter has been tweeting rules, screenshots of rules, <laughs> regulations, and it's under the impression that it's illegal to jump over the line. It is not. It's a legal play as long as you aren't using a teammate for leverage which Bobby Wagner looked to be doing like he like used his teammate's shoulder pads and kind of like it looked like he used it to push off of in an effort to jump over the line to block a field goal from the Vikings like that's that's illegal Uh, and it looked to be an illegal play, it should have been called an illegal play. But Bobby Wagner doesn't use his teammates for leverage. You can jump over the line and block kicks. Totally allowed. So I think that the Houston Texans missed a big opportunity doing that against the Eagles. Why wouldn't you try it? 
Worst case scenario, you make contact with a lineman of the Eagles, or it looks like you're using your own teammates for leverage. And if you block the kick and there's a penalty on you, re-kick. Big deal. I would keep doing that and doing that and doing that. I would be trying to jump over the line to block a kick with the off chance that, hey, maybe I block it and there's no penalty. And guess what? We win the game. Like, it'd be like, uh, what would be a comparison? Say college football. If they're throwing a Hail Mary and I'm slightly out of position, I am clobbering the offensive player that's closest to catching the ball because it's only a 15-yard penalty. It's similar when it comes to the situation at the end of this Texans-Eagles game. If you're the Texans and the Eagles have a 35-yard field goal to win the game, why are you sitting there just trying to block it standard style? Just try to get a good rush, get a hand up, maybe you scream around the edge. Like Your chances are not very good of that happening. Your chances are way better jumping over the line and blocking the kick. As long as you don't make contact with anybody, it's allowed. Do it. I tear my hair out with these teams that are on defense, and the other team has this very makeable kick to win a game, and they sit back and they jump, don't jump over the line. What are you guys waiting for? You need an invitation? Come on. This gives you a much better chance to win. Why wouldn't you do it? Exhaust all possibilities to win a game. And a lot of teams are just reluctant to do it. Most NFL rosters, a good half of their roster is athletic enough to jump over a lineman that's in a four-point stance. They're bent over like Eddie Garcia playing center back at his high school. Over there. You can jump over those dudes all day long. (laughs) You don't have to have a crazy vertical jump to make it over those guys. And okay, let's say you don't time it out right and you're offside. Big deal. As long as you block the kick, they're going to re-kick. So I I would make them do that all day long. Got a couple of tweets here. I thought this was funny. We're talking about melting down based on bets that don't work out. Matt checks in and says, several years ago, my Romo led the Cowboys uh, against the Broncos. They lost the game 51-48 to on the last, minute, the last minute pick thrown by Romo. I yelled numerous expletives for several minutes and broke a door, and my wife made me leave the house. I drove around aimlessly for two hours. Man, Matt M. Melted down. Yelling numerous expletives for several minutes and broke a door. And wifey said, you got to get out of here. You got to you got to clear your head. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. By the way, there's a strange twist on uh, Sunday. With the Chiefs losing, it opens the door to the Chargers maybe winning the AFC West. Their chances aren't very good because the Chiefs would have to lose at home against the Raiders in Week 17. Oh, so they're gonna, the Chargers' they're gonna chances. Gonna, the Raiders are going to win. Really, Raiders are going to outright victory, huh? No. It's not gonna no. Okay. <laughs> 
So the Chiefs, I think that it's strange. It's counterintuitive. Normally you would root for the team ahead of you in the division to lose so you have a chance. I think it's the opposite for the Chargers. I don't know that they had the Chiefs' foam fingers out and are like, go Chiefs, win, win the AFC West. But I think now they might be tempted to play their main players. Whereas if the Chiefs beat the Seahawks, the Chiefs wrap up the division, the Chargers' playoff seeding is set. They're the five seed. They can't move up, can't move down. Now I think they could be tempted to play some of their main players with the off chance that the Raiders just rise up and catch the the Chiefs napping. Because if you're Anthony Lynn and you say, all right, we're going to rest everybody. No Phillip Rivers. You got Melvin Gordon. Keenan Allen have been banged up. We're not going to play them. We're just going to gear up, get ready for the playoffs. And the Chargers end up losing because they don't play any, any of their main players. And the Chiefs end up just kicking a game. It's happened before. There have been huge upsets before. I don't see it happening. You don't see it happening. But there have been games we didn't see happening that have happened. It was just a week ago where Nick Foles and the Eagles, who were not expected to beat the Rams, beat the Rams. So what do you say then if you're Anthony Lynn? You rest all of your main Chargers players. The Chiefs lose. You could have won the division. And just because you thought the Raiders stink this year and couldn't beat the Chiefs, you're they're explaining things. So I think, long story short, the Chargers might be tempted to possibly play some of their main players when if the Chiefs had won on Sunday, that temptation would not exist. So it's sort of strange that the Chiefs actually might have been able to do the Chargers a favor in some degree by winning the division on Sunday. But they didn't, and in one strange, peculiar way that does actually hurt the Chargers if they're thinking about playing their main guys. All right, coming up next, we close it down in style. I love comparisons, but sometimes comparisons can lead you down a bad, bad path. I'll explain live from the Geico Studios. I'm Brian No in for Big Ben. This is Fox Sports Radio. The Ben Maller Show has some quirks and oddities that need to be heard twice to be believed, and now you can thanks to the Ben Maller Show podcast available wherever you download fine podcasts, including iHeart and iTunes. We need your help. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and give us a five-star review. It drives the corporate guys crazy. And now live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, in for Ben Maller, it's Brian No. With you guys tonight. Been a lot of fun. and. Uh... Let me say this before we go out around the room and have our uh, Christmas Eve pleasantries and all that. Let me work in a little bit more ball before Clay Travis takes over. Outkick the coverage at the top of the hour. I love comparisons, but sometimes comparisons can lead you down the wrong path of thinking. I'll give you an example. I used to live in Fresno, as Eddie Garcia did at one point. And there are a lot of people that will compare Fresno to LA and if <laughs> comparing it to Los Angeles is unfair Los Angeles is an amazing city there are a million things to do and Fresno in a lot of ways just doesn't stack up to it but that's not the only comparison to make if you compare Fresno to like I don't know uh, Springfield Illinois or something like that all of a sudden Fresno's not too bad it's just for some reason it's always compared to Los Angeles 
And so if that's the only thing you're comparing it to, you might arrive at this conclusion that that Fresno stinks. And that's not exactly the complete truth. So comparisons, although sometimes valuable, they can also be sometimes harmful. I say all that to say this. If you look at the Patriots and them being doubted, it's because people are comparing the Patriots now to the Patriots of the past when they had better teams. This just dawned on me. Think about this. I truly believe the Patriots are more highly doubted with the playoffs right around the corner than the Chargers are. Think about that for a second. You've got the Patriots and their history. Five Super Bowls, Brady Belichick. They're not a complete hack of a team. Their record is 10 and 5. They're realistically 11 and 4. The thing that screwed them was the Miami Miracle, which is a once in a couple of decades type play. Like that just doesn't happen. It happened against the Patriots. So, short of a miracle, quote unquote, the Patriots are an 11 and 4 team, same record as the Kansas City Chiefs. So, let's just forget that. Let's call them 10 and 5 what they actually are. The Chargers are 11 and 4. And you know and are well aware of the Chargers recent history, wetting themselves in big moments in the playoffs or just before the playoffs and they didn't even qualify for them. That team that got smacked around by the Baltimore Ravens and didn't have even 200 yards of total offense, that team and their path, it's not just team versus team. You got the Patriots with a bye week right now. As long as they take care of a business next week against the Jets, they're going to have the two seed. So the Patriots, most likely with a bye, guaranteed at least one home game versus the Chargers most likely having to play three road games. And the Chargers are being doubted less than the Patriots? Like, that is crazy. But that's where it is right now. There are a lot of people that just will not get out of the mindset of, well, the Patriots, they've lost a step. You compare Brady to last year. You compare Gronk to a couple of years ago. Forget about comparing them to them. Compare the Patriots to the rest of the teams that they will be facing in the playoffs. I think that's the better comparison, but that's the comparison that is not made as often. All right, before we get out of here, I want to bring in Eddie Garcia because we still have a Browns bet. There are four more years on this Browns bet where I believe that the Browns will make the playoffs uh, within, let's see, what is it, 2018, by the 2022 season? Is that right, Eddie? 19, 20, 21, 20, yeah. Before the 2022 season concludes, I believe the Browns will be a playoff team. Eddie says no, and I have to jump into a body of water. I think I said it was Lake Erie. I was going to channel my inner Hugh Jackson. You said it was going to be just the water by the B-dubs outside of the Sherman Oaks studios over there in L.A. Is that what you were going yeah, with, there's a, there's a fountain over there. It's the closest thing we've got here. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so we yeah. still on? Yeah, I'm fine. I, I still think the Browns are going to blow it. They're going to hire some coach who's going to stink. They're going to have a, take a step back next year. I'm could still, I'm coach, still confident. Yeah, could that coach who stinks be Greg Williams? Yes, it could be. 
Very possibly. Yeah. Good. Have a good morning. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zen 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.